Did you know that this podcast is a part of the Jayzo Modcast Podcast Network? Chances are, if you enjoy this show, you'll find other great podcasts on the network, too. The Jayzo Modcast Network offers you a choice of shows seven days a week, starting with Monday. Join Rebecca C. Lofgren, Aaron Illick, and David K. Montoya in Seeing Red. The trio dive deep down the rabbit hole each week with a combination of geek and weird news. Then on Tuesdays, join the boys from the Great White North, Mike Lutz, Rob Bellamy, and Jason Beckard in the movie Madhouse as they bring you everything Hollywood and more. On Wednesdays, Reaper Rick's Tree Frog Expose Cafe, where he crosses the line of limits as he gives us news that is unforgettable and personal views that you'll definitely remember as well. Spend Thursdays with Jim Bennett and Nick McKelvey as they join forces in American Fat Ass Podcast to talk about various topics from news, sports, to their personal lives, all the while with a humorous slant in an unapologetic fashion. Fridays, Rob Bellamy is joined with Mike Lutz as they jump in the Wayback Machine to explore the archives of the JZO Modcast to give you three hours of audio entertainment in Flashback Fridays. Saturdays, join JZO Modcast founder David K. Montoya as he explores the world for a single of Who's the Boss? Then Sundays, finish the week with What We Think with hosts S. Sadie Burbank and David K. Montoya as they tell us exactly what they think about pop culture, celebrities, and the world at large with a ton of vulgarity mixed in for good measure. The JZO Modcast Podcast Network. We've got what you want seven days a week for free. Listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher or like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And don't forget to check us out at jazelmon.com slash jazelmodcast. And now enjoy this free jazelmodcast show. It's Friday, so that must mean we flash back to the future. To the future. What? To the past. I was going to say, how do we get future episodes? I don't know. That would be sweet. Nah, well, yeah, we could put a bunch of, definitely have some in the the storage for later. Yeah, because then we could copy the future shows and just record them now. Do you know what we could do? We could go to the future. Read the the sports headlines, then send them back to us. Doc and then, Brown would freak on you. Don't care. Doc Brown's fake. Oh, but time travel's so real. Absolutely. <laughs> How uh, do you know that it isn't real? The only time travel we can do is back. I, no. Yeah? How do we go forward? How do you go forward? The same way you go backwards, but you turn around. Well, that makes sense. Doesn't it, though? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, see? Well, now who's the... Uh... In that case, our first episode in Flash Forward Friday <laughs> is Sheer Darkness 116. There you go. <laughs> he's back, back in the saddle again. That's right. He's back. 
<laughs> okay, we'll just do number six. Okay. Uh, it's called This Thing Called Life. This week, Terry and Dave do a Q&A session about that little thing they call life. That sounds like a, I don't know, what is it? Wham song. It does. Yeah. No, no, it's Queen. Oh, no, that's this thing called love. Yeah. Oops. Maybe Queen and Wham do a, oh, yeah, a, I can a see duet. Those. I can see those two bands. Do, do, uh, <laughs> do, do uh, what's this? Not a, um, not a medley. Um, a um, mashup? Yeah, there it is. Of course, I could make a gay reference right here because Freddie Mercury and George Michael. Could be just a date. That's it. Yeah. Well, let's find Hell out. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> Before it get us in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Here it is, Sheer Darkness number six. Greetings, everyone. I am Terry D. Shearer. And I am David K. Montoya. I bid you welcome to Shearer Darkness. You know, last episode, uh, I was being silly with the whole Starbucks thing. and You know, just, I was in a silly mood. And I know normally, you know, Sheer Darkness is more of a, a serious, you know, conversation between you and I, so... I want to kind of get back to the brass tacks of things and, and be a little bit more serious. Um, so I sat down and, and came up with some good questions for you. And uh, the first question I got for you, Ter, is, you know, as you're approaching the end of your life, okay, um, what are the things that are you most proud of? You know, what what is the thing that stands out in the forefront of your life oh well thanks dave great question there appreciate your your compassion but yes as uh my twilight years begin to dim i suppose we all want to look back on our life and try to find something worthwhile that we've accomplished. I guess, uh, foremost, the things that I am proud of are the, uh, my, you know, I have two great kids, all right, a boy and a girl. My daughter also has two children, a boy and a girl. And her son produce his first daughter about a year and a half ago, so my daughter is a grandmother, and I am a great-grandfather at this point. That's uh, pretty nice, you know, keeping the uh, species alive and all of that, but, uh, you know, they're, they're good kids. My my son, in case some of you out there are not aware of this, uh, my son is Creep Creeperson. I know some of you are, are friends of his, but you may not know that uh, he's my son, and uh, he has uh, been a writer, musician singer, uh, director, actor, movie producer, and a number of other things that I can't recall at the moment. 
But if you uh, go to his website or his uh, Facebook page, Creeperson, Creeperson Film, I think it is, there will be links there for you to uh, check out his music and his movies and other things that he's accomplished. So, my son got uh, most of the talent in the family. Uh, he got, got more than I did. I uh, would love to be able to play music, but I just never really had a knack for it. Can't sing, can't play an instrument anymore. Uh, I uh, have a small artistic talent, but I haven't really put that to much use in the last five or six years. So, my son got, he got the good end of the stick as far as uh, talent goes, I think. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of my, my kids and my family. Um, I'm, of course, I'm proud that uh, I got two books out and uh, 75 or so stories, articles, poems published in the last uh, 12 years. So that was uh, that was fairly fairly good for me, and I. Pretty proud of the fact that while I was working in the medical field, I actually managed to, you know, save some people's lives, uh, made some families happy. That was a, it's always a good feeling because you lose so many, you know. So the ones you can actually save are special. Let's see. I guess I'm uh, proud of me, you know, what I have been able to accomplish during my life because for long time and over a period of several years I wasn't sure that I would be able to accomplish anything at all. So yeah, I guess that's uh, basically what I'm proud of. I might be able to think of something else later on, but the uh, question surprised me a little bit. Sorry. Nothing to be sorry about, Chair. Uh, just something, it was a good, strong starting question. And that's why I went with it. Um, you know, if it, it kind of took you surprise, personally, I think that's a good thing, you know, because usually we've had so many conversations in the past almost 10 years, you know. Um, if I can throw you off, off your game a little bit, that would be cool. Okay, so let's flip things around a little bit. We talked about, you know, what you're proud of. How about regrets? Do you have any type of uh, regrets in life? Well, 
you always have more regrets, I think, when you look back on your life than you'd have positive thoughts. I, I do regret, though, that due to my first divorce, I was not able to spend as much time with my kids when they were growing up as I would have liked to. And I know that uh, they suffered a little bit emotionally, at least. My uh, first wife remarried, and she had uh, the kids living with her and her new husband. And, uh, you know, I, yeah, he appeared to be a good man, but I just don't think the kids enjoyed living with him very much. And both of them got out of the house as soon as they could. But, can't do much about shit that's already happened. And I, I regret that I haven't pushed myself sufficiently to finish many things that I've started in my life, especially the last uh, 15 years or so. Because I uh, should have had a lot more work published by now, but I just, well, emotionally and not always up to doing what I would like to do. Sometimes I just have to survive and can't always get done what I, what I really need to get done. So yeah, I regret that. Because that's uh, coming back to haunt me the older I get. But uh, we'll see. You know, I mean, I may have a few more days left. Thanks, Dave. You know, yeah, I might be able to get something else done. You never know. But uh, it's hard to really know what you're going to do, what's going to happen. I think, uh, yeah, my biggest regret in life is that I didn't get to spend as much time with my kids as I would have liked to. But they've both turned out pretty well, all things considered. You know, I was a little worried about creep there for a while. He seemed to be going off in a totally weird direction, you know, when he was younger. And, uh, even though I held him up one night to the moon goddess and offered him to her if she would protect him, you know, he was still a little bit a little bit too right, right, right wingish, but he, he's come back. He's come back. He's uh, 
doing some good things, and I uh, sincerely hope he is able to continue that. Um, I regret not being able to travel at all, pretty much, you know, I never got to see England or Scotland or Ireland or Europe. Um, the only, the only couple of times I've been out of the fucking country was trips to Mexico that were pretty despicable. But, you know, uh, I've always wanted to go to England, you know, just for the history of it. So I'll never get to do that. I can't travel at all anymore, so I'm never going to see any place but uh, through pictures on the internet or TV or something. Oh, well, and I regret that I never went back to college and finished my degree. I, uh, not that I needed a degree for working or anything, I just like to learn. I, there are too many areas of uh, science that I still need to explore some further. You know, I really like geology and paleontology and archaeology and astronomy and I uh, just, I mean, I know a little about a lot of stuff, but I don't really know a lot about much of anything. So, would have liked to have uh, gone back to school and studied for another 10 or 12 years. That would have been good. And let's see. Uh, regrets. So many regrets. So many regrets. It's too bad. If I had it all to do over again, I guess that uh, I would make some changes, yeah. But it doesn't matter. If I'm reincarnated, I'll have another chance. <clears throat> and if I'm not, yeah, that doesn't matter either. So... I guess, too, I uh, wish I had loved better during my life. I loved a lot, but it wasn't always, wasn't always good love. That may not make much sense to people, but I know what I'm talking about. So... I wish I could have done more. You know, I regret that I was not unable to do 
more of what I did. I wish I could have been there more for certain people. And I wish I could have just done more for for me. Yeah. Really appreciate these questions, Dave. These are just excellent fucking questions. Thanks a lot. I'm just trying to hit you with some questions that have never been asked to you, you know, um, to to the normal writing and, and editing questions and, and whatnot. I'm just trying to give you something new to answer. But uh, how about we do something that might be a little bit easier for you to answer? Um my next question for you is, is um, what what would you like to do with your remaining time left in this life? Oh, you're just full of good cheer tonight, aren't you? Well, I would uh, love to spend more time with my kids, you know. So I haven't seen either of them for three years, three and a half years. Got grandchildren that are growing up and I uh, haven't seen them in that long either. You know, living up here in the asshole of the north, I just uh, haven't had a chance to see anybody. I haven't seen my mother for, geez, Six years, maybe. She was living up in Northern California, and then as soon as she moved back down to Southern California, I moved up here. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I talked to her, yeah, but I haven't seen her in years. And she's 83 and quite ill, so, yeah, it would be nice to see her. I just, I've got to get out of here. I got to move back to Southern California. I uh, haven't been happy here at all, at all, ever. And uh, nearly killed me getting up here. And I'm, I'm done. I'm, you know, I, I haven't seen much of anything in the state. It's a geological paradise up here, but I just, you know, can't get out and uh, do anything. Didn't have a car the first two years we were here. Now that we have the car, it's too fucking cold to, to go anywhere. But anyway, we are uh, stuck here for the time being, you know. What I would like is just to be able to have enough money to pay my fucking bills every month. Um, it's just, uh, seriously fucked. So, that's, uh, basic things I would like to do. Of course, in the meantime, I would, uh, really like to be able to do more writing. I still have so much that I need to get out there 
and I just have been, you know, depressed and emotionally drained and in physical pain and it just hasn't been a good, it hasn't been a good two years at all. So, it would be uh, pleasant if I wasn't so miserable. You know, so, I mean, I don't have a lot of uh, really extravagant desires. You know, I would like to go a few places up here. There's a fossil bed, you know, in the area. Uh, I, you know, enjoy paleontology, so I would like to go out there and see what that going on up there. First year we were here, they had a huge fire all through that area, so it was closed. And, uh, of course, they didn't have a car anyway. And now it's uh, freaking winter. So, anyway, you know, there's a few things around here. I mean, the Snake River is, is amazing. It's huge. There's this mile deep canyon practically running through through the area. It's just, you know, a few miles up the road. Been there once to look at it, but anyway, there's just things that yeah I would like to do, but my uh physical limitations right now uh pretty much preclude my doing a lot of traveling or spending a lot of time away from home. So there's not a whole lot that uh, I have the opportunity to do. And I, I, I think that might be, that's a good list. It's not a bucket list or anything. Uh, but, you know, it's, there's a few things I'd like to do if I could. I would definitely like to go to England. Um, just, again, same thing you're saying, you know, for the the historical value. That would just be awesome. Um, you know, Europe and all that stuff. That that definitely would be cool. I can, I can definitely relate to that. Um, so, what is, what's the limitations? I mean, what's stopping you at this point from doing the things that you want to do? Right now... Biggest limitation is lack of money. You know, I uh, just got literally tens of thousands of dollars in doctor bills. I mean, I still have doctor bills back from the accident two and a half years ago that I just, you know, I cannot pay. Hell, I can't even pay my rent on time every month. We got a $250 fucking heating bill last month. I was, you know, below zero every night. Never got above 28 degrees during the day. You know, and uh, I just, you know, every time I have lab work, I, I have to pay a portion of that. 
and I don't because I don't have the extra money. We don't have. You just don't have any fucking money, dude. That's that's my biggest limitation. That's why we're still stuck here. You know, and uh, there's just no money left for anything. Just barely get my prescriptions every month. And my wife, well, fuck, we just don't have any money. That's my biggest limitation. My uh, secondary limitations are, you know, my the problems I have with my body. I uh, am unable to travel any great distance without major preparations and uh, uh, it's just difficult for me to go anywhere other than just you know across the street to the store or go to Walmart for food shopping or something you know I'm out for more than an hour or so I end up having problems so that that puts a big dent in uh, you know enjoying my life outside of the, the house so that's a well it isn't that it's those things are definite deterrence and limitations to my enjoying life, what little love that I have left, apparently. So, yeah, I think those are my, my major limitations. We don't have money to put gas in the car to go anywhere anyway, so we're just stuck here. And that's pretty, 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 pretty pretty boring sometimes, you know. I uh, rarely go outside at all anymore except to take the dog out five or six times a day. So, that's pretty much the way it is. I guess this wouldn't be an appropriate Q&A for you if I didn't ask you about your writing. Um, I know you've mentioned in past uh, episodes that you have you have several different stories that you know you have been working on uh, or you have in a pile to be worked on rather um, is there anything new as far as story wise that you're working on currently I mean actually physically working on no I, I don't uh, have anything I'm physically working on don't even remember the last time I wrote anything. I guess it was the last issue of Erotica. I I have ideas that I come up with, you know, that I want to write, and then I think about the ten or twelve or fifteen other projects I have waiting in the wings that I've started and never finished, and I just pretty much feel like it's a lost cause, I guess. I'm just... I'm just rotting away here. 
I feel like I'm just slowly disappearing. And I don't really know what to do about it. Except that I... I don't even know at this point if getting out of here would make all that much difference because I don't see how I could really be happy going anywhere else because I, uh, well, I just don't see how I'm going to be happy anywhere else anytime soon or any time future or any time at all, probably. So, that's pretty much it. I got nothing really to go on. I just need uh, something to boost my emotional state back to where it used to be if I could get back to work. I know that uh, writing would probably make me feel better at least while I was doing it. God damn it, I just feel so fucking down, so depressed, so just lost that I can't seem to get it up anymore. <laughs> yes, that too is a problem. However, there's just nothing going on that uh, is going to uh, make me feel any better, I don't think. So, no, I don't have anything I'm actually working on at the moment. I have many projects that need to be worked on, but they become fallow. You know, there's just uh, no real desire to get back into it, I guess. At least not, uh, not that I've noticed in the past uh, year or so. So, what else you got? Have you thought about maybe changing up the genres? You know, maybe trying something different. I mean, I know you you do horror and you do fantasy, but you know, maybe go into comedy or you know, try your hand at something different. What do you think about that? At this point, I am so angry, I guess, and depressed. All I want to do is write about horror, death, and destruction, and pain, and blood, slaughter. So I don't really need a new genre. I've still got plenty to do with the genres I'm working with. I just need 
the incentive to go back and get things done or to start something new one way or the other something's got to give something's got to give yeah I, I I understand you know you're you're in a dark place and with everything going on you know I, I could understand where it would be hard to you know try to deviate away from what you're feeling you know as far as story wise you know if if you have all that much pain and, and frustration and anger you know I think it would pretty be pretty damn hard to set and write something funny you know it's uh I, I I'm sorry about that and I I do understand but um for right now though what would you say for you would be the best case scenario best case scenario I can think of at this point would be for them to find a cure for cancer in the next few weeks that might help me you know, I've got uh, I mean cancer's already spread to my lymph nodes and uh, got a lymph node in my groin that's the size of a golf ball and it's becoming painful and my PSA is on the rise even though I'm still taking medication treatments so I uh, will probably have a well I'm going to ask to have a CT scan see my, my uh, doctor next month and, uh, when I see my oncologist again he's going to decide what our next plan of action will be if uh, my PSA is still going up means medication is no longer working to hold it at bay anymore so we'll have to find something else do <sighs> so aside from that uh, winning a 200 million dollar lottery would be pretty sweet at least that way I could <clears throat> pay off my bills and <clears throat> excuse me pay off my bills and get the hell out of here go down visit my family again so I guess that's uh, pretty much all I got for that one well I could definitely relate to you on you know winning 200 million dollars in the lottery that would be sweet um I really wanted to try to stay away from talking a whole bunch about writing. I wanted to talk more about you. But I, I think because of how well we did in the last few episodes, well, not we, mainly, I just sit there and listened. You were the one, you know, giving the, the great advice. Um, is there anything 
that you you would like to continue on as far as giving advice to to writers you know new writers and and help guide them into the future yeah well uh, the most important thing I can offer any budding writer is to write what you know uh, some of you may be familiar with the author Robin Cook a lot of his books tend to take place in a hospital setting and after working in hospitals for over 20 years I know that hospitals can be a really scary place and while I was working at Desert Valley Hospital there in Southern California I wrote a story called Death, Death Chant and it uh, told the story of a, an older man early 70s was sitting in the hospital with his mother who was like 95 and she was waiting to die and the old man had to assist her spirit from this world on to the next so she could die in peace Unfortunately, he was so old that his powers to reach out to his mother's spirit were not as strong as they used to be. And then he realized that uh, he would have to seek the help of a younger person help his mother's spirit cross over and he had he didn't have a lot of uh, options at this point but there was a young young girl a nurse's aide who you know was making rounds that evening and came into the room and asked her if there was anything he needed and as it turned out yeah, there was. He wanted her to assist him in helping his mother's spirit cross over. She didn't realize at the time that she would have to die in order for this to uh, take place. But that is exactly what had to happen. So the old man took the young girl's spirit and with the extra strength he got from this new spirit he was able to help his mother cross over. She passed away peacefully. Now, it's just a short synopsis of the story. It was much more involved than that, but that story is also in my book, Dreams of Darkness, Dreams of Night. 
And I, I wrote that story, and like I said, pretty much while I was at the hospital. And I used a couple of um, people there that I knew as characters in, in the story. And the, uh, <clears throat> it was only a coincidence, I'm sure, that shortly after the uh, story was finished, the, uh, the young nurse's aide who I used in the story, well, uh, you know, she disappeared from the hospital as well. I'm sure it was just a coincidence, uh, probably. But, uh, if you write about things you have firm knowledge of, stories will be much more believable. And they will probably prop up the be better stories because of that. Without proper knowledge, you just cannot write a decent story. You know, uh, <clears throat> the author, Kurt Vonnegut, wrote a number of uh, tips for writing short stories, and uh, some of them uh, are, are very good for the short story writer. Um, <clears throat> anyway, he says, uh, use the time of a total stranger in such a way that he or she will not feel time is wasted. In other words, the reader of your story. You want to make sure that they don't feel like reading your story was a waste of time. In other words, it has to be good. Number two is give the reader at least one character he or she can root for. And that means that if you have a character, the main character, who is a... Uh, you know, an asshole. Yeah. He's not going to gain many fans, reader-wise. So you have to have at least one character in the story that is worth rooting for. So the reader has something to uh, look forward to. Number three is every character in your story should want something, even if it is only a glass of water. So, you need to have your characters need something out of the story. Every sentence must do one of two things. Reveal character or advance the action of the story. So in a short story, you don't want to waste time. You don't want to give the reader so much information that they can't correlate what that has to do with the story. In a short story, you know, you give as little information as you need to in 
in order to keep the story going. Number five, this is a good one. Start as close to the end of the story as possible. In other words, what you want to do is get the reader from the beginning of the story to the end of the story as quickly as possible because it's a short story. You don't need to give them more information than they need. You only need to give them as much information as they need to get to the end of the story. When you write, you, you can't try to please everyone, because that will never happen. When you write a story, write it to please just one single person. Seems, that seems simple, but it's hard to do sometimes, but you can't attempt to please everyone with your work, regardless of whether it's a story or a poem. No. If you please one person, then you've accomplished something with your work. Give your reader as much information as possible as soon as possible. That goes along with start as close to the end of the story as possible. In a short story, you don't have a lot of time to uh, dwell on everything that your characters have, have done in their lives. A short story is about one important incident in their lives, basically. So you need to give as much information regarding the story to the reader as possible. Don't make them wait until the very end to find out what's going on. And if anyone was paying attention, you probably noticed that I only uh, gave out seven rules instead of eight. Well, the eighth rule is be a sadist. And that just basically means that life is not, you know, flowers, honey, happiness, and sunshine. You have to be a sadist with your characters, make them suffer so the reader can feel their pain. If the reader doesn't become involved with the characters, even in a short story, then the short story will have failed. So, that's, uh, that's pretty much all I got for this episode. I, uh, I apologize if I seem rather bitter or upset. You know, life sucks. So you just gotta deal with it the best you can. I wanna thank David for his 
piercing, penetrating questions this evening. And I will let him sign us off because that's what he does. Alright. So I uh, wish everyone peace and good evening, good night. Adieu until next time. Alright. Good night. Well, I think all in all, we, we had a good episode. We got some really good questions out, got some really good answers. And, um, you know, just because they're dark doesn't make them not as good as answers as something that wasn't so dark. So I enjoyed it. I, I appreciate your, your responses, you know, and, and your sincerity and your frankness. So for Terry D. Shear, I am David K. Montoya, and I bid all you listeners... A good night. Totally not a date between George Michael and the. No, I was disappointed actually. Well, not in the show itself, just that they weren't in it. Well, I don't. You see, those kind of guests you would kind of put in the liner notes. Yeah. You you just don't keep that kind of. uh, A surprise. Star power a surprise. Uh, Yeah, I guess that's true. Okay. Well, now we're jumping into another show. Uh oh. And see, I think. We've steered clear of this show a lot just because it's our show. Well. So it's like tooting our own horn. Well, they said we can. Yeah. I, I, I am not one to not brag. Right. But. Not one to not. So you do. Right. Ah, sweet. There we yeah, go. There you go. Double See? negative positive. I got it. <laughs> well, this one is the movie Madhouse number nine from August of last year. Oof. That being 2013, in case we are now listening to another Flashback Friday show on Flashback Fridays. Sure. <laughs> okay. In this one, Mike, Rob, and Jason are back with their box office wrap-up for the weekends, which we don't do anymore. Yeah, well, you know. Jason waxes poetic about Elysium. They also discuss cloning Joss Whedon and favorite sports movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. I remember Clyde. Yeah, yeah. Cloning yeah. Joss. Yeah. It's a wicked idea. Well, you could double his productivity anyways, yeah. at the very least. Hey, if we made like six of them, like Orphan Black, at least six, go 10, 12, whatever, you could have all your shows back. You could play. Oh, <laughs> I number nine. <laughs> and welcome to another edition of the Movie Madhouse. Yay. Yay. It was, wasn't so long ago that we were sitting here. Yes. Yeah, seems well, like my, my spot on the couch is still warm. Exactly. <laughs> I, won't expel, I won't tell you why. Ooh. This is Rob Bellamy. I've got also here Mike Lutz. And Jason Bashart. And we're here for another fun day of movie talk. Yeah. And episode nine. Episode Number nine. nine. Said, this nine. is uh, rolling along really nicely, boys. I'm uh, really happy with the way things are turning out. As am I. As am I. As apparently are a lot of people. They're listening. Yes. That's as we... We're nothing without our listeners. Exactly. And they said, yeah, it, we really appreciate everybody taking the time for just to listen to us. Mm-hmm. I, I really hope uh, people enjoy like the special we did, the animated special. That uh, was fun. Know, it was that, a lot of fun to just have that general topic, just one topic to kind of, even though, as usual, we derail a little bit. Well, that's, I, I think that's the... Uh, the the thing that people like about us is, oh, I... Dropped right out. As did I. Oh, on your headphones? Yeah. Yep. How about that? Oh, there it is. Okay. Okay. No, uh, oh, it's you that. pulling the cord. <laughs> oh, that's probably why. Yeah, <laughs> stop tugging the cord. 
Well, um, um, sorry about that, folks. Yeah, <laughs> that was uh, you said a listener suggestion on the email, and it was it was it was a great topic. I really enjoyed talking about it. It's something I really enjoy. And like every other episode, it could have gone longer. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and now we we will or should have at some point another request. I know should be coming through. Um, the a certain person tried to give it to me in person verbally, and I said nope. Post it, email yep. it, whatever. Get, go through proper channels because I'm right. off the clock. So. <laughs> There's a, I ain't working right now. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, I had, a, I had a, a verbal suggestion as well, and I said, put it on the Facebook page, please. That way we can all, right. mm-hmm. all uh, participate. The more people see that, I think the more people will start doing it. And well, it generates more ideas, it, too. Exactly. Yeah. I said, it, it is... As much of it as it is ours, it is the listeners as well. Oh, my God. You know what? I saw the best commercial that just epitomizes what we're saying. It's a McDonald's commercial. Oh. Have you seen this one? Which one's that one? This is the one that says, this is yours. You created this. It's got the play place. Yeah, this is yours, too. Yep, and we've made this because you wanted it. Like, it was... Oh, it... Catered right to people, you know. I haven't, I haven't seen that one. I yes, that I thought that was brilliant because technically, yes, the people built it. Yeah, yeah. Just in this case, of course, we're not close to McDonald's. We've got like seven served, but we're getting there. Yeah, well, they're very satisfied. Seven. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Can technically fourteen because each of them twice. Well, oh, we won't go there. Right. <laughs> All right. So, as we uh, always do, let's start off with the uh, top five at the box office. Number one, and I know Jason's going to chime in about this one, Elysium raked in $30 million. Yeah, and 10 of it was mine, like I said. $10 million of it? You no, liked it that $10 much? $10 oh. for me. You did the same joke for you the last couple times. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So Get some new material. Nah, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Elysium, definitely worth it. It did not disappoint at all. It was fantastic. The effects were amazing. Uh, the story just played out well. It wasn't formulaic. Like, okay, you, you'd think, oh, well, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. Well, maybe some of it did, but some of it didn't or it didn't happen the way you thought. And as an addendum from last week's discussion on villains, Charlotte Copley's Kruger is now in my top list of favorite villains. Wow. Now is, i got to see it. He's no. a psychotic badass, and it works awesome. totally. Awesome. All yeah, right. I, I got to see it now. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm thinking I, it, it's next up on my list. So I will, probably not this week, but I'll get I'll get there before it gets out of the theaters anyways. My, my boys, absolutely, they, they loved it a lot. Like uh, my, my older son, Tally, he, it's hard to get any sort of straight answer out of him or he's always kind of just flipping or whatever because he's, he's a teenager. Wow, really? And when I asked him, he actually said it was great. And, and that shocked me. He actually he said it just <laughs> wow, straight up. It was straight great answer. <laughs> well, I know looking at the top five, one I've seen, one I don't think I'll see, but the other three I want to. That's one of them. Number two, we are the Millers. Or, sorry, we're the Millers. We're the Millers? Yes. The Aniston. Jennifer Aniston, Aniston as a stripper, and there's other people in it, too. Yeah. Well, um, Ed Helms. Yes. Ed Helms is the uh, the drug dealing bad guy, I guess. With the if if you've seen the trailer, he bought himself an orca. Mm-hmm. Well, who wouldn't? Well, I, I suppose if, if you got the cash and you got the big giant fish tank, like why wouldn't you buy a exactly. killer whale? Uh, I admit it does look funny. I 
you know, it's not the kind of movie I'm going to run to the theater to see. If my wife wants to go see it, yeah, I'm down. But it's not what I'm going to run out for. But it does look funny. It does. Number three, Planes. Raked in $22.5 million. Set in the world of cars. It looks like cars. It looks silly, fun. Yep. But what I'm noticing with this time around is I'm not seeing the... I'm not seeing the marketing. I'm not seeing the the ad dollars that I expected from a Pixar well, movie. Well, they've got a nice little catch in it. Really? From 1986, do I want to say? Top Gun. Two of them are back. Val Kilmer and Andrew Green. Really? Oh. Goose and Iceman. They play two of the planes in this movie. Huh. Wow. Cool. No, I, I think, like, the lack of... Uh, Advertising, I think. I think they're relying a lot on word of mouth and, hey, this is like cars in the sky. They're, they're trying to let cars carry it, is what you're saying? I don't know. 90% of the ads I've seen are actually at the theater. When I went to see Turbo and when I went to see Despicable Me 2, I saw ads for planes. So I think they're targeting the audience that way. I didn't see any I didn't see any of the trailers uh, when I went to go see uh, Despicable Me 2. I... Either I blocked it out of my uh, so traumatic. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I just, I just never, I didn't, I haven't seen any of the trailers for it, so really? I really have no clue. I only saw a couple on TV, and even the, the first one that we saw, um, even my wife said it didn't make her want to see it because it was all just like this somber. I think it might have been classical music or something. It was like a two minute long trailer. It was just like looked like footage from the movie. But it was all set to this really somber kind of classical hmm. music or whatever. There was no words at all spoken in that commercial. Oh, that's a different way to market your oh, movie. Yeah. One of my favorite lines is in the trailer. It's got a British plane and the one little oil coming down on the windshield. The guy goes, are you crying? He goes, I don't cry. I'm British. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I want to see it. <laughs> it. It does look good. Like, it, like I, I said previously, my great nephew's going to love it, I'm sure. And, and I'll probably end up watching it a few million times with him. <laughs> well, number four is another new movie. Percy Jackson, Sea of Monsters, $14.5 million. Now, my younger son is really anxious to see that. He really enjoyed the first one, The Lightning Thief. I so. I haven't seen it at all. I don't know if I'll see this one. But like you said, I think this is the new Harry Potter it, franchise. That's what they're going for. My, now, yeah. again, and my older son, he really enjoyed the books that they're based on. So he's read all of them. He loves that series. Mm-hmm. But he didn't care for the movie as much. He just felt that the movie was... Uh, he felt the movie could have been better. Yeah. Well, number five is the only one to stick around. What do you think it is? Uh, Conjure? No. No. Snicked. Oh, two, no. Two no. guns? Wolvie's done. Two guns is in. Number five, wow. two guns. Oh. I have a correction. Uh-oh. When I was talking about two guns before, um, I said it was from Bang Entertainment. I was wrong. It's from Boom Studios. Yes. Boom. Boom Studios, yeah. I noticed so, that at the end when I went to see it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I gotta wait. I gotta wait. Oh, there it is. Yep. Yeah. Mike lied to me. Yeah, well, every now and again, I drop the ball. What can I say? Yeah, it looks like Wolvie dropped to seven, Conjuring dropped to eight, and Despicable Me dropped to nine. Wow. That's... The one stuck in the middle there, Smurfs, number six. <sighs> and rounding out the top ten, I know that we don't usually go that far, but Grown Ups 2. Still in the ten. Still in there. I expect you to say the heat. Because that movie just didn't seem to want to go away. Where is the heat? Oh, it's 15. 14 is red 2. Turbo's 12. 
Blue Jasmine is 11. That is excellent. Blue Jasmine. Not a clue. <laughs> Not a clue. And Pacific Rim is 16. Well, we dug into that one really deep, didn't we? Oh, yeah, wow. well, I, just because I can't say enough, Elysium. Fantastic movie. If you're a sci-fi fan at all, it's a must-see. Absolutely must-see. Well, he sold me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I said, I wasn't sold on the trailer. Like, the first couple times I've seen the trailer, I just went, eh. I, and then the more I heard about it and the more the more often I saw the trailer, I went, oh, maybe. Yeah, I just, it, it was, it kind of grew on me, I guess. I, I I guess you could say. So, I, like I said, I, I'm going give, to give it a shot. Oh, no, I know I will. Yep. Well, and now we're now to the upcoming, the ones coming out this week. Oh, okay. Lee Daniels, the butler. Who? It's uh, Oprah is involved with that with Forrest Whitaker. I'm, I believe it's based on a true story. It is about an African-American man who served as butler for eight presidents. Oh. Yes. That's probably going to be one of those Oscar contender. Uh, it looks like just it. Just sounds like it. it. She's in it. John Cusack's in it. Forrest Whitaker's in it. But that's... Lenny Kravitz is in it, says Christina. Hi, Christina. Doesn't even have a mic, and she still chimes in. (laughs) Jeez. Just to prove that woman doesn't need a mic to be heard. (laughs) Also coming out, Paranoia. Hey, Rob, what's that sharp thing that's about to go into your back? Oh, that's a knife. <laughs> Paranoia. Paranoia, I am very interested in seeing. Never heard Paranoia. of it. Liam Hemsworth. Or sorry, Liam Hemsworth. As in Mr. Miley Cyrus? Yes. Okay. Thor's, Thor's brother. Thor's brother, exactly. Thor's brother. Uh, Gary Oldman's in it. Oh, okay. Oh, hello. Yep, okay. My God is in it. Harrison Ford is in this movie. Oh, almost uh, bald. He's, he's, the man shaves his head. He's, uh, he's, he's Basically, Liam bad. Hemsworth plays a guy trying to make it in this company, and uh, Harrison I Ford is the tycoon dude. I saw the trailer for it uh, when I went to go see The Conjuring, yep. and it does look really good. Oh I, yes, I. I it was nice uh, business intrigue. Uh, or uh, the corporate sabotage, or exactly. something like that. Yep. So yeah, I said I was pleasantly surprised to, to watch the trailer. So uh, I'll give it a shot when that comes out too. You know, just from the trailer, from the clips, if it was possible for Harrison Ford to get an Oscar nomination, I think this movie might do it for Never him. Never gonna happen. No, no, not that no, he doesn't enunciate. No, he, he said he. Independent, independent. You're yeah, gonna do that again? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. There. <laughs> Also coming out, Kick-Ass 2. Yes. Yes, this one looks good. Yeah. I, the, the trailers for that look so much. They got that. They fleshed out the characters, I think. And basically, I, I want to see Hit Girl do high school. Yeah. <laughs> Give us your lunch money. That, end, yeah. that very end of the first one. Give us your lunch money. Oh, really? <laughs> I've been waiting for this. Yeah, they said it. I hope either they wrap up the franchise with this one. Well, there, he did a sequel that this is, I believe, based on a sequel graphic novel. Yeah. So, so I, and as far as I know, he only did two. He wasn't going to do a sequel to the graphic novel. No. No. And I think on the strength of the movie, and there was people going, "What happens next?" 
I think we that want was more. Yeah, and I think that was what uh, pushed them into doing the second gra- or the the sequel. Okay. To the graphic novel, which kicked off. I, okay. I, I'm so, starting to think that they went hand in glove. Probably, and they probably put the graphic novel out there to, just to make sure that people are going to dig what they want to sell. Just yeah. to make sure that, okay, yo, you want a sequel? This is what I got in mind. Do you like it? Okay, here we go. Here yep. we'll do the movie. You mm-hmm. know? Run, run that I, up I the do want to say, though, and uh, like Hit Girl, Chloe Moretz, she's, uh, I, play, I think that's her name. Um, I, I have only seen her in Kick-Ass. Yeah. I, I know she did a couple other things, but nothing I've seen her in. One I, of the funniest things I've seen her in is Mover 43. Really? Oh, she's in Movie 43? Yeah. I'm afraid to watch that one. Oh, it's so much fun. But her a movie she's got coming out later this year that I'm curious about is she's the new Carrie. Yeah, I saw That's that right. trailer, too. That does look good. So She's uh, also I, in 30 Rock. I'm anxious to see the new Carrie. Like she's she's piqued my interest. I think she's going to be a talent to reckon with. They, they said with the trailer for the new Carrie movie, they put everything. They said, "All right, you guys know what Carrie is. Enjoy." Holy crap! Right. You see, pretty much she's tied to seven new titles. So wow. yeah, she is a talent to be reckoned with because everybody wants her. Yes, yeah. uh, nice Carrie. It says completed. I'm not counting that one. It, no, it is done. It comes out like uh, October, I think. Well, yeah. this is just what's here. Uh, then there's another one called Laggies, which is in post production. She's working on a film right now called The Equalizer. And then in pre production is If I Stay, The Devil in the Deep Blue Sea, Silas Maria, Dark Places, and The White Circus. Wow. wow. That's uh, striking all the irons hot if there hey, ever was. Exactly. Get that bankroll now. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's right. I forgot she was in Let Me In, too. Yep. That's the other, only other one I ever heard about her doing, and I've never watched it. That was good. I liked the original better. That's what everybody says. But this one was good. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm not a huge horror fan, so it, it takes a while for me to watch them. Jay's a big scaredy cat. Well, yeah, I was tormented as a kid, and it kind of stuck with me. But <laughs> So you didn't go see The Conjuring then? Uh, nope. Oh, dude. I was <laughs> say. <laughs> All right. Yeah, high five at my expense. Thanks. <laughs> All right. We'll get you out of this one. The next one is Jobs. It jo- comes out this Friday. Oh, Ashton, Ashton Kutcher. Kutcher. I am so on the fence in this one. The commercials and trailers I've seen look interesting. I'm going to wait for that one. I just don't know I if just... I can sit through an Ashton Kutcher movie. No, <laughs> no, I, I I don't see myself going to see it. Uh, I think you brought it up the uh, the I Steve I short. Steve. It's uh, yeah, it's an hour long uh, funnier die online movie that they did. I would be more inclined to see that one, and it's, then instead of it's very low key. But it's it's supposed to be just off the wall, a silly take on his life. Mm. It's very out, kind of you know outlandish, really, yeah. is how they say it, things portrayed and played out and whatnot. So, you know, it, Jobs is supposed to be a legitimate biopic. Yeah, I saw the trailer for it, and it just it didn't grab me. Like I I I, I thought it might just because I said I guess I'm an Apple guy with all the stuff here but i'm just like okay i'm not that into the apple culture to yeah I, care. I, I, i'm a big apple fan like i love my iphone and all but steve jobs yeah he did great things i, I do want to read his autobiography at some point yeah. see but, i'd be more interested than that than this because of course film it's all there's a lot of dramatization and 
Well, he said you can't you can't put a five hundred page book onto an hour and a half screen. Yes, you can. Battlefield Earth. Oh, you really want to try that? Do you? <laughs> I didn't say it was done well. I just said it was done. I, mean, I okay. This might be a topic for down the road. Guilty pleasures. Ah. Okay, and that's one of my guilty pleasures, honestly. Really? Yes. Wow. That movie? That movie is one of my guilty pleasures. Have you read the book? No. Okay, you can like the movie. <laughs> but I'm not a Scientologist, so I'm not going to read well, the book. Is it, I didn't, well, I didn't, I'm not a Scientologist, but I read the book. It was good. I didn't read the book. I watched the movie, and on the strength of the movie, I do not want to read one paragraph oh, of that book. You will like the book. I you seriously know, doubt that. The book takes place over about 10 years. They don't happen to mention that in the movie. Well, it, it still seems like it's 10 years too long. The thing that got that really made me really in, like that movie, though, is when it hit, uh, like, after DVD and whatnot, when it came on the movie network, and uh, the movie network will, do, will advertise certain big movies that are about to start playing or whatever yeah. that month, and they're advertising for Battlefield Earth, and it was, this is John Travolta. Before the opening of Battlefield Earth, and it's his character in that movie, and he's laughing, ha, 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 you know, doing his maniacal <laughs> laugh. And then it, this is John Travolta after it opened, and it shows him where he's, like, all drunk, and he's, like, <laughs> holding his head, and he's, oh. <laughs> what was I thinking? It was, that commercial was just priceless. And then I actually watched it, and I enjoyed it. It's it's a guilty pleasure. So we got to do a guilty pleasure discussion at some point. Uh, guilty pleasures will, uh, that's, that was, that was kind of something. I had in the back of my mind too because there's there's I think we all have our guilty pleasures somewhere along the line and I think we're gonna when it does get out there we're all just gonna look at each other in a whole new light and it just might be the end of the show (laughs) I can't be seen with you now I know (laughs) you like that movie well coming out on DVD two big movies Olympus has fallen and the big wedding the big wedding. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's got a big lineup. It's got De Niro, Robin Williams. Uh, I can't remember who else, but it's romantic comedy, I believe. It is. Yeah. Romantic comedy, but I've heard it's got a sprinkling of like a Judd Apatow flavor to it. It's not a <laughs> Apatow flick, but it's... It's Robert De Niro, Diane Keaton, Catherine Heigl, Amanda Seyfried, Topher Grace, Susan Sarandon, Robin Williams, and Ben Barnes, but I don't know who Ben Barnes is. What was the budget of this bad boy? Uh, <laughs> a lot of paychecks. Uh, <laughs> unless they all work for half or whatever. They had paper plates and paper cups for the sets. <laughs> do, do, like do you like going to weddings? We're going to shoot my cousins on the weekend. That's right. And, of course, the big one there, though, Olympus has fallen. That's the, the big, big one coming out. Is Gerard, that the one with Channing Tatum? No. No, no. Gerard Butler. Yeah, Gerard Butler. Oh, The first movie where the terrorists take over the White House. Oh, see, that's why the original, and then the remake, White House Down, came out two months later. <sighs> there's a <laughs> there's a dude in this movie. I so want his name, Han Soto. Say what? <laughs> Han Soto. I want that name. All you gotta do <laughs> take seventy five bucks, go down to the Civic Hall, and you can get yourself a brand new name. Nice. <laughs> it grossed ninety eight million at the theater. What? I didn't know that. Well, it. Got that high? It, I don't think it had oh. very much strong competition originally. The big wedding grossed twenty one. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't even what cover the rating on the pay, would it? Three point three out of five. 
IMDb gave it a 5.2. Out of 10. 10. <laughs> okay. I think they might be skipping that one. Yeah. Well, there is a couple others coming out. Like, we've talked before. This is the season for TV shows released, you know. Um, also coming out is Girls and Enchant- or sorry, Enlightened, uh, Once Upon a Time, Southland. Uh, what else is here? The Mindy Project. Tons of TV shows are coming out. I haven't heard a single one of the. Okay, Southland is probably the only TV show that I heard of in that list. Once Upon a Time, it's the one where the town or whatever actually lives fairy tales. Yeah, it's like uh, the, the fairy tale world and the real world are linked. So people come and go out of it or something. It's got, I think the lead actress was originally on House. Sure. Okay. And, uh, oh my God, I cannot think of his. Robert Carlyle. He's in it as well. He was a bad Bond villain. He was also the lead actor in The Full Monty. And, and Stargate Form- Atlantis. And Sorry, Stargate Universe. And Formula 51 with Samuel L. Jackson. There we go. Ah, okay, now it's my turn. Raj. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sheldon. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the other movies coming out is called Emperor. And uh, I want to do this. I want to take a peek at stuff that, you know, of course, people are going to go rent. Olympus has fallen. They're going to rent the big wedding. Yeah. This one they'll look at and go, I don't know. I actually watched it. It was awesome. It is about the surrender of Japan at the end of World War II. Matthew Fox and Tommy Lee Jones are in it. And it is excellent. I, I can't think of Matthew Fox as anything but a television actor. But in this role, he was amazing. Emperor. Okay. I- and Tommy Lee Jones as General MacArthur. Mm-hmm. Well, Jones has got chops, so... It is about uh, General Fullen, or sorry, Farron, who is uh, charged with investigating Hirohito, who's the Emperor of Japan, and what his involvement was in Pearl Harbor and what they should do, whether they should exonerate him or try him as a war criminal or... And uh, it is excellently told. Like, And some of the footage is just amazing because it's in, like, we're talking post-Hiroshima, like, days. Wow. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I might give that one a shot. Very good. What else we got? And, well, that's it on there. Three geezers, but it's got a 3.2 on MDB, so I don't even look at it. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for DVDs. I mean, it is nothing. No. So, we know Jay watched Elysium. Yes. Have you watched anything? Like I said, my my newest one was uh, Emperor. But other than that, sadly this week, it was very busy, busy and chaotic. I'm, I'm still in my outfit from the movie, okay? <laughs> did you steal the wardrobe? I did. Ah, oh, look at you. you I got, said, you I like... Hope the executive doesn't see... Uh, oh, oh, if the producer oh, catches me? Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, is that what you're waiting for? <laughs> okay, for the next couple seconds, you know, Mike and Jay are doing all the talking. <laughs> Because I have to get out of my costume. I told you before, I have no singles. <sighs> I told you, too. I take 50s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike wasn't privy to that conversation. <laughs> kind of glad I'm not. <laughs> Started with the socks, and he, he stopped there, thank God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I ended up watching, um, finishing off the uh, Orange is the New Black uh, TV oh, yeah. series, or, or the uh, Netflix series. And... Uh, I can't wait for the next season. It's, it's really that's what my daughter said. Yeah, they shot thirteen episodes, and they leave it with like the main character. You're going, 
oh, what's going on next? And when the credits rolled, I went to go to the next episode because I wanted to see it. And they said, <laughs> here's the end credits for the season. I went, no. Season? Oh. Okay. Now, that this, whole, this new thing with Netflix uh, throwing up a whole season of a TV show. Yeah. How long are you going to have to wait for the next season? Probably a year. Right. As compared to you watch it on a regular network or whatever, like, okay, you'll get three months of enjoyment out of it once yeah. a week, three months of enjoyment, and then you only have to wait nine months. Which would you prefer? Well, look at it this way. Netflix comes in very handy for TV shows like, hmm, let me think, what could it possibly Breaking Bad, which starts Sunday. Yes. Yeah. Because it is in the middle of the fifth season. And for people that haven't watched it, they can now go on Netflix and go absolutely squirrely catching up. Yep. I still want to say, and and the whole halfway through the fifth season thing, I call bullshit. (laughs) What do you You mean? You don't take nine months off and still call it the same season. (laughs) No, you do. Kiss my ass. It is another season. Hey, I'm a big fan. Okay, I'm anxious. My DVR is set just like everybody else's. It was not nine months. It was eleven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even worse because they didn't do the full season. You're right. Thanks for making it worse. No, uh, the uh, I like. I really. I enjoy the Netflix series. Like putting out a whole season's worth. Like they have um, House of Cards. House of I Cards. I want to check that one out. Um, Hemlock Grove. That's, oh yeah, that's a that's a fun one. It's a dark, trippy one, isn't it? Uh, werewolf one. Werewolf. Yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah. didn't know it was werewolves. So, yep. Um, Spoilers. Spoilers, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be forced to get Netflix. I can see this. For eight bucks, he said, it's, 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 it's really worthwhile. And he's getting, he said, you can, you can go back and watch. That's how I get a, a lot of my movies that I watch. He said, I'm always on Netflix. And I'm sorry, I got to interrupt just for a second. I watched a movie because of you, because you, I guess, guess watched it on Netflix. Yeah. American Mary. Oh, yeah. Sequels in the works. Nice. Ooh. Yes. All right. Nice. From what I understand, and I don't have a lot of information on this, just a little bit, it's supposed to be focused on the twins. Oh, even better. The oh. Saska twins. Yes. yes. That was so creepy. Yeah. <laughs> so, please, continue. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, the, um, just talking about being able to consume a full season like especially original content like uh the stuff the Netflix series is putting out uh they're not going they don't have to deal with network TV or anything like that they said and it's all commercial free because you pay your Netflix fee and you get 1 hour of a show you don't get 45 minutes or you yeah. don't get 22 minutes you get a full hour episode but is that i think the longer wait is gonna would, is gonna kind of kill me but i nah. do want to check out house of cards but like you you can say well then you got all these other shows to watch but mm-hmm. you can go back and watch older shows and whatnot Absolutely. my wife wanted to check out some new something she never seen or heard of or whatever so we watched the entire four all four seasons of ugly betty Oh, okay. great show! Actually, like I'd always heard about it, but never we never tried to catch it. We watched the entire four seasons in like less than a month, and when it was done, she was pissed <laughs> because there's no more, and she wanted more Betty. Yes, yeah, wanted more Wilhelmina. You know, like just she wanted more. And, well, no, it's done. That's that's <laughs> the blessing and the curse of that, exactly. Right there, because you get you do you can get the entire 
run. The entire season, you can get the entire series. Series. And then, like I said, like you, said, you can burn through it real fast. And but there's all there's they're always putting new stuff up. And this is by no means a commercial for Netflix, no matter <laughs> how much it sounds like it. But it's it just it. it I like the way it's presented. You can look for stuff. You, there's some ex- obscure shit on there, and you just like you hit search, and you're going, "What I, is that?" And now a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past and relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jazelmon.com.
I was uh, actually was so flipping with Andre was visiting today, and he's flipping through the Netflix. And did you know there's a documentary about Firefly? Yeah, the rise, I've never heard of it. Yeah. Down, down, done the impossible. Yep, I never really? heard of it. It's on Netflix. Yep. And I started. I'm going to watch it before before we make our special trip. Yeah, I, I started to watch it. Um, I know. I said I did start to watch it, but it, I got interrupted, and I have to go back and watch it. But I did uh, finish one of the docs that I was watching. It was called uh, After Porn. Basically, it's talking to... Um, after Porn Ends. Yeah, After Porn Ends. Yeah, it's talking to all a bunch of porn actors. I thought it was like Kleenex manufacturers. <laughs> <laughs> no, talking to the different actresses and the actors about their life after they got out of the porn business and stuff like that. And um, It was intriguing, I guess, to see how much... Like, some people came out of the business all right and some of them not so much wound up in the gutter yeah so it, it, it's just it was intriguing to see how these people coped is there any mention in that at all of um i i don't know her name but she was known for having very very large breast implants and when she left the business like she had family or whatever she had them removed because I heard about this, uh, it was a couple years ago. She found her implants in the attic, <laughs> put them up on eBay, and made like sixteen grand for charity or something. Wow! Wow! No, that was not. I, 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 I want. I, I could be wrong, but I want to say it was like Pandora Peaks or something like that. <laughs> and she found her implants in the attic and made a big bunch of money for charity. <laughs> Okay, that's disturbing. That's not in that movie at all? No, no. <laughs> wow. Nope. Um. <laughs> just and where does the conversation go I after don't know. that? It's, it's a tough one to follow. Uh, maybe we should actually get on the actual, what should be the discussion of the week. <laughs> uh, well, I know one thing I was going to mention. We were talking about no commercials. Yeah. That was a big thing last season for Sons of Anarchy. I think three of the episodes they kept crediting as um, an hour and a half of, or sorry, one hour of a full, full footage. Okay. Right. And the Canadian customers are going, well, wait a second, it is an hour. Well, unfortunately, when it's shown down in, in uh, FX in the States, there's commercials in it. But in Canada, there are none. Uh, so a lot of Canadians were feeling ripped off going, well, wait a minute, it already is an hour. How can you advertise this as yeah. special? <laughs> Yeah, but the only problem is with watching it in Canada, it's behind by six months or whatever. Oh, no. They, new ones air in Canada? Day and, day and date now. Really? Oh, okay. yes. Yep. Okay. I, I wasn't aware of September that. September 19th. I know. Way. I know. I saw the trailer. <laughs> I know. I'm excited. I'm still keyed up for Breaking Bad. I mean, that show. Yeah. I've, has everybody here watched it? I, I watched the... Uh, oh, yeah. I'm in. <laughs> halfway the first season on uh, Netflix. So I'm I'm working my way through it. This show was introduced to me by a friend of mine at work. And he goes, you have to watch this. And I go, okay, what's it about? He goes, it's about a high school teacher that gets cancer and decides to make meth. Oh, I'm yeah. going, well, there's a plot. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so I kind of bucked it for about a, about, a, about a month and a half. He goes, look, here. He brought in the first season and said, watch it. So I did. And that show is awesome. Yep. Brian it's, Cranston is amazing in that show. Yeah, science, is, bitch. <laughs> Jesse, um, the whole uh, 
the whole show, though, like just from first season to now, the fifth season, you're watching the progression of a normal, mild-mannered family man, and he becomes just an absolute criminal monster. You're just you're watching his progression down. Well, and he, it's just brilliantly done. And awesome. put it this way, this is definitely not going to give out any spoilers. Okay, the show he is playing a a meth cook. Okay, like a drug lord. Yeah, he's, playing, he goes, he's playing a chemistry genius. Yes, who makes the purest meth ever. He goes by the name of Heisenberg. Okay, yeah. which is actually an homage to one of the chemistry. Uh, like forefathers. A, yeah, some big chemistry science well, guy. It also happens his brother-in-law works for the DEA. Oh, I okay. Do remember that, yeah. Yank. <laughs> and he's been chasing this Heisenberg everywhere. Okay? All the way leading up to here, like even at the beginning of season 5, uh Walter White is the character. He became a complete and total power-hungry jerk. Mm-hmm. You know, this show started because he's got cancer. He wants to his family to have money to survive after he's gone. Now, even his wife, who got involved, says, we have more money than we can spend in 10 lifetimes. Okay, when does it end? So in the last episode that of the half-season mark, um, Walter says, I'm done. I'm out. Okay, not a problem. They go and have the... Uh, the sister over and the brother-in-law over and everyone's having a pool party and a picnic. Hank decides to go to the bathroom. Well, while he's sitting on the toilet, he reaches back, pulls up a book, and on the book is an inscription uh, from, uh, I cannot remember the name, Gus is all I can remember um, his name. No, it wasn't Gus. It was... Uh, no, no. He worked Gale. for Gus. Gail. Gail. Right? Gail was the science guy. It was. His, it ended up being Walter's assistant for a while. Okay. okay. He was just as uh, anxious for it and as uh, intrigued by chemistry and what it is as Walter is. Okay. Well... They found a book at Gail's place, too, like that, and it had uh, a quote in there and the initials WW, you know. And, of course, they were racking their brain. Well, I couldn't figure out what it is. Hank sits down at the toilet, pulls it out. There's this book. It says from Gail to, you know, a a great mastermind has that same quote, WW. (laughs) Suddenly, the wheels start clicking in Hank's head, and he realizes the guy he's been chasing for all five and a half seasons is is his (laughs) brother-in-law. And now we have the last eight seasons. Ah, okay. Not to mention the fact that in the last couple seasons, this show has taken to tease at the beginning of a season and sometimes at the beginning of episodes. Yep. The beginning of this season, it shows Hank, or sorry, Walter White, sitting in a diner. And the lady brings his breakfast, and it's bacon and pancakes, and he takes the, pa- the bacon, breaks it into a 5-2, and puts it on his pancakes. Okay? And you're thinking, what the hell? Whatever. He then starts to eat while well, a guy walks in into the bathroom. He goes and joins him. They do a little exchange in the bathroom, and he walks out. He opens a trunk, and it's full of weapons. Oh, in okay? particular, a very large caliber machine gun. Right. Oh, boy. And then it cuts back to the show, back to the story. So we haven't seen the weapons yet. <laughs> when the show starts, it shows him sitting around the table eating, and the the wife, you know, he goes, come on, it's tradition. So she takes the bacon, breaks it off, and puts it into a 51 on his pancakes for his birthday. Okay. So you now realize, okay, this is happening a year from now, what I just saw. <laughs> so they're mix- messing up the timeline. Yep. Just a little bit, just to tease Just to oh, tease that's, you. That's what's coming. <laughs> so now you know, at some point, he's in a diner on the run somewhere with a trunk full of weapons. <laughs> 
So, <laughs> you know, the only thing you can think is he's going out in a hail of bullets. Well, mm-hmm. you know, okay. it, so I should pick that up. Use your Netflix. Yeah. Get caught up. Get caught up. I guess <laughs> we wasted a ton of time on that. After. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, our topic was sports movies. Oh, sports movies. Yeah. Yes. Your I, favorite sports I, movie. I, I like one or two. Jesus. <laughs> I know. It, 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 it was hard to go through the list that you oh my God, my email. inundated the Facebook page with. My email is so full right now. Jason Bayshard has pasted on Facebook. Jason Bayshard has pasted on Facebook. Jason Bayshard has See, I did the smart thing and I just shut those notifications off. Oh, show me how. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I watched a lot of movies and for some reason, since I am nowhere near a jock, I really like sports movies. <laughs> I right. live vicariously well, through them. I find it funny. Pick your favorite. Bing, ding, 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 ding. Well, he said he, he <laughs> even went subcategories. He goes, yep. okay, hockey, this, 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 baseball, this, Oh, this, no, no, this. forgot. Honorable mentions. Ding, ding, oh, ding. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gotta have the honorable mentions. Here, here's my top five. Here's another six that I really <laughs> like. So. And, then, yeah, and then I missed some in the football category. I had to go back. <laughs> Well, you are nothing but a completist. Yeah. If not, so. A little bit of an OCD, I guess, nice. on my part. Yeah. yeah. So, so if a little wish fairy came along and said, here's your favorite movies from that category, Mike and I get one. You get like 160 movies. <laughs> okay, jealous. so we better, we better start. We're going to save you for last <laughs> because you're going to eat up the, the, the half hour. Anyway, okay. so what's your favorite move, uh, sports movie? You know, after looking at all those lists, a couple more did pop up. No, what? I know. I know. <laughs> it's hard to believe. How is that possible? But honestly, I still think of all time, my favorite sports movie has got to be Major League. Yeah, that's a fun movie. It that's is. A real it's, fun it movie. is great. Tom Berenger and Charlie Sheen are just a, just so comical. And I will that. say, I enjoyed two, Major League Two. Oh, okay. It, it, it hit. It hit some of the <laughs> same jokes, but it did take a little bit of a different spin. And I enjoyed number two as well. Not as good as the first one. Yeah, but it did have. It had some great stuff to it. So. Yes. Um, Yours. The ones that I said. The ones I did put on were obvious. Um, Going back, thinking about it now, uh, some of the football movies that I really liked, um, I didn't put it on the list. Uh, Rudy. Yes. They said, which I believe there's a special showing, like one of those family-friendly or movie madness at the theater. Movie uh, madness. They're doing Rudy. Like, well, I don't know what they call it, Monday Madness or something. Really? Where they do a special. A lot Rudy's coming up at the end of the month. Very close to Movie Madhouse. We should look into that for copyright <laughs> infringement, yeah, I think. Yeah, no, sure. I, saw, I saw a poster at the theater yesterday. And I'm pretty sure they're showing it like August 30th or something like that. Hmm, there you go. And yeah, Rudy. I I didn't mention Rudy either, and I that's Rudy's one. If it's on, I'm watching it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I did mention Tin Cup. Um, it's a golf movie. I don't know who. There's not a whole lot of golf fans <laughs> out there, but I I just I. Cheech Marin and uh, Don Cox. Johnson. I said it was a fun movie. I, I it, liked it. It, it is. It's, and, it um, is so much fun. Yeah. Uh, another one of the... Uh, the one movie I did mention, Invictus, um, it was about... It was more about Nelson Mandela as the president, the new president of South Africa than it was about the rugby. Matt Damon's in that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um it's talking about how uh, Nelson Mandela challenged the captain of the uh, South African Springbok uh, rugby national team 
to go out and win the World Cup of uh, rugby. And to do that, they had to beat the the uh, New Zealand All Blacks, which was impossible to do at that point in time. It was just, they took the challenge and they accomplished that. And that was basically, it was uh, set up to be a springboard for South Africa, South Africa to springboard away from apartheid and to bring the country together. I, the title sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't remember too much about yeah, it. Yeah, it was, uh, how long ago? Uh, a year and a half, I think. So not too long. No, too no, long not ago. too okay. long. I, I, I hmm. want to think that. I'm not, I'll find out when that came yeah. out. But yeah, it was, um, well done. Like the rugby, they 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 stitched in um, footage of the actual game, okay, with uh, recreation footage that they uh, that they shot for the movie itself. That and sounds kind of neat. Yeah, and it said I went with five other rugby players just on the fact that there's not a, a whole lot of rugby. It's game. a rugby movie. It's a rugby movie. <laughs> and then we sat there and went, this isn't about rugby. This is about <laughs> politics. But it, was, it ended up being, it was a really good movie. Come on, kick the floosh. Kick the floosh. <laughs> uh, floosh is the only position I know in rugby. Which one? Floosh. Oh. <laughs> and I only know that because there was a reference to it in uh, the TV short-lived show Greg the Bunny. <laughs> well, we've learned something new on this show. Mike has no sense of time. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. A year ago? 2009. Oh, close. Yeah. <laughs> Off by just a little bit. Lots of contact sports. Oh, you didn't turn your phone on. Hey, no, no, you look. That's not mine. That's not mine. Not mine. What the? Nope. What the heck was that? What? Oh, you know what that is? What's that? I looked up a movie, and I got a stupid video pop-up. <laughs> oh. Vote for my video, and I'll win a billion dollars. Oh, one of those things. Yeah. Uh, That's yeah. what it is. Did you vote? I did, actually, yes. Oh, okay. I did. I didn't make it woman. Yes. Oh, yep. <laughs> so, I was going to say, a lot of uh, contact sports. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, I can see that. Not my fault. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's open in the interest the floodgates. Uh, in the interest of, of saving, I'm just gonna go make some pancakes. Yep. <laughs> I will. I will say um, I've I've thought about it since the discussion started, and I have to say probably my all time favorite sports movie is Bull Durham. Yeah, that is my number one. It's it's gonna be my number one. I'm okay. impressed. I will say that. Yeah. He picked one. I'm now, impressed. there are lots more, as you can see on the Facebook page. But Bull Durham, to me, hands down, is the best baseball movie and the best sports movie. He picked his favorite child. I will. Yes. It, it's, oh, believe me, it hurts. It hurts <laughs> to do it. You know, and the, the, throw the honorable mentions, okay? Uh, the Wrestler, Mickey Rourke. I, I I know you have the in on that. Okay, yeah. that's your world. But to me, I've read a, I read a lot of wrestler autobiographies, and I really felt like I was watching a real wrestler's autobiography. Okay, there when that movie first came out, there was a lot of wrestlers claimed ownership of Randy the Ram's persona. Really? Yeah. There's like uh, names like. Uh, Rick Flair and Mick Foley and there's a couple other guys said, 
oh yeah that's me <laughs> that, that movie's me and uh aronofsky goes that ain't nobody <laughs> <laughs> so that's it was kind of a a conglomeration of uh the different workers out there uh they 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 i I honestly say it was it was a wrestler's autobiography. Yeah, like I've read enough of them. I've been a fan of wrestling for a long time, not so much lately. But let's not go there. If anybody, it's Jake the Snake. Okay, with his family issues, that's about the closest I can yeah. come to find yeah. someone that it would relate to. Jake the Snake could be uh, could see one more one more appearance. He's his... uh, he's doing really well right now. His recovery is pretty phenomenal right now. Yeah, I've I've seen a little bit of that footage. As long as it's not like uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine, I'm good. (laughs) Greg the Hammer Valentine is still working to this day. You (sighs) can call Greg the Hammer Valentine right now and book him to work a backyard federation. Okay, I had not seen him since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. Okay, I was watching WCW, and they said, Greg the Hammer Valentine, coming back. Yes, so I'm watching, and he comes out, and I'm going, wow, he looks good. He gets in the ring. He's got the great big Greg the Hammer Valentine you know, robe, robe on. And yep. it's like yes. And he pulls it off and it's like, oh my God, what happened to that man? <laughs> it's like nothing is solid. It's like a liquid flubber. Uh, yeah, he, he did not age well. But he's he's keeping himself out there. And he said he's still making money doing... He's, well, out, he's working every weekend. That's got to count for something. Exactly. If you can keep it going this long, then there's definitely something yeah. there. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Um, now, there, there was another movie, and it, it left my head. There was another movie I wanted to give a big mention to. I can't think of it. Maybe I'll come back to it. I don't know. <laughs> but I do agree. The wrestler was nicely done. It, you know, the way it was laid out. Yeah. You know. I've probably watched it a dozen times, and I, I'm pretty sure I cry every time. I know... So many guys that remind me of Randy the Ram. It's it like some of the older guys that are still active in the biz, and some of the even some of the younger guys. They remind me so much of this guy. And it's just like get your shit together already. <laughs> <laughs> you know how badly this is going to end, right? So. Mm-hmm. Every it, 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 it's just something that um, you have to be able to get away from it, and uh, I think a lot of the guys that have gotten a little, a lot of well, a lot of the fame that reached the big high level and then lost it all, still think they're one phone call away from going back to where they were. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that. Oh. Um, numerous times about, in particular, Sid Vicious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, just, uh, it's sort of been about two years ago, I remember reading an interview with him where he firmly believes that he was a bigger draw than Hulk Hogan and The Rock combined and that he could show up in the, the Fed at any point at the drop of a hat and turn the business around and make it the and make, and take it to a whole new level. I have got to ask. I've been out of this for so long. Has he wrestled since his ankle break? Nope. No. No. Oh, he's okay. never he's never recovered properly from that thing. That thing. I remember hearing there was a big hype about him supposed to wrestle in Montreal and he either no-showed it or he just couldn't work it. No. He uh the the extensive surgery that he had to have to rebuild that leg that completely it 
took him completely out of the I'm business just, forever. I'm picturing the footage from that because they showed it so much. Oh, like, no kidding. It, and it's making me cringe. Just if you want one of those car accident don't shouldn't look at yeah. but uh, can't take your eyes off, YouTube it because yeah. it'll be there. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's brutal. brutal. <laughs> it's one of the more brutal injuries I've ever seen. Like, it's just... It falls into the... It sounded like a good idea in the back, but the execution of it was... You can't even say poor because it <laughs> was just, just landed. Like, <laughs> like, what are you thinking? Sid Vicious comes off the second rope. Yeah, okay. the guy's 6'10", 325 pounds, jumps off the second rope. And his rope. legs were like twigs. Oh, yeah, yeah, he had buggy whip legs. And he said, but... When he landed, he he, well, he jumped off to do a front kick on, I think, a Steiner. Yeah. Yep. And when he landed, that foot that he planted into the mat broke in such a way that it looked like his atoms flew apart. <laughs> just, it just it looks like a boot was holding it together. Oh. Right above the boot is where it bent. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not where there's a joint. No. No, not at all. <laughs> well, there is now. Yeah. It was just... Oh. Horrific to watch, and then they showed it over and over and over. Oh, look! Sid just broke his leg. Here's another angle. No, I do not need to see another angle. If you ever want to know something is quote unquote real in wrestling, <laughs> just watch how much it gets played. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know the movie I wanted to give an honorable mention because it's a recent, re- relatively recent movie. Okay, uh, another one that's when you look at um, see like lists online of top sports movies, you're going to see certain titles there. Bull Durham's going to be in that in the top of the list, and Slapshot. In my opinion. The recent movie Goon yeah. with Sean William Scott, to me, it felt like Slapshot. Yeah. The vibe of it, the tone of it, it just it felt like a new generation Slapshot. And I think it's going to go down as being one of the greats. You know I agree. I, I went to go see Goon in the theater. I like when I when I first saw started to see the trailers on TV, it captured my imagination. And I went, this is gonna be again, like it, I compared it to Slapshot, and and that was I went all right, let's give it a shot. And I went to the theater and I liked it, and it was a fun hockey movie, you know. And it was Slapshot. You guys are gonna laugh at me here, but I'm gonna throw it out there. My guilty pleasure Uh-oh. is my second like for sports movie. It's hockey. That's why you reminded me, Mighty Ducks. Oh, I really? love the first Mighty Ducks. Second, I can third, see that yeah. as a guilty pleasure. Absolutely, I can see that. Yeah, I admit back then when it came out, it 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 held my attention. I watched it a few times and all. Tying I think I might have even the watched the second fire one. Pucks but... at him, awesome. Okay, it's Bad News Bears on Ice. Exactly, and I love Bad News Bears. I would have much <laughs> oh, rather had. There's another Walter one I didn't Mouth have on my list. Uh oh, great. The my email is about to go off. Bad news bears. I didn't have that one on the list, and I should have. The original. <laughs> the original. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Walter Matthau. Yes, and I would uh, Tatum much O'Neal. rather have Walter Matthau. Oh so. yeah. Um, we're still talking about movies, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Make sure there's this. Stop it. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that just comment came out of nowhere. It confused me. Well, okay, I know. What can I say? <laughs> Contact sports. Yes. <laughs> a fallback i'm noticing absolutely yeah (laughs) yeah, i I, I sadly i do like mighty ducks (sighs) all right even though they're the big play the flying v 
is it could never work. No, because it's interference. <laughs> and the first guy that touches the other guy, he's off in the box, and exactly. that's that. <laughs> so that is a truly Americanized version of hockey that will yep. never happen. Yeah, but come on now. If anybody in the NHL can ever master the knuckle puck, they'll be unstoppable. Oh, yes. Up on its side. Wham! And it goes. Okay, we've seen enough <laughs> Canadian boys do magic with a fucking stick around the net. And said, I don't think... Uh, nobody does a knuckle puck. Nobody mm. wants to. <laughs> uh, now, I'm going to jump conversations for just a second. Our oh. next episode. Yep. Now... Are we recording an episode and then doing another special? Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, well, let's put it up for a vote for right now on uh, moviemadhouse at gmail.com, and we'll see, because uh, we could have a regular episode and then have an all-firefly special. Ooh, let's do an all-firefly special. Yeah, yeah I'm, <laughs> down for the, the email. I'm, down, I'm down for the special. Cause we'll go by your votes as long as they all say yes. Yeah, listen, <laughs> any no vote will be automatically and summarily deleted. Yes, it never happened. <laughs> nope. Who is this Bob guy? Gone. <laughs> <laughs> you will be banhammered, too. <laughs> okay, what at, uh So why would we do an all-firefly special? Well, funny you should ask. No, I just figured. I was curious as to why. That place is called a Segway. <laughs> Wednesday, the 21st of August, we are hitting the road, going to Windsor to Devon Charmall to watch Serenity on the big screen. Oh, 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 oh I can't wait. Know, I, I didn't oh. see it in the theater originally. You didn't? No. Oh, I did not. Three times. Because at that point, I hadn't, <laughs> hadn't even watched Firefly. I missed Firefly when it aired originally. I'm. I remember all the hype behind it, yep. but I missed it. I didn't actually see watch Firefly until I bought the DVD set after Serenity came out, and I'd watched Serenity not knowing what it was, and then I watched Firefly and went, "Wait, wait, wait a minute." <laughs> <laughs> I got it now. I, exactly. I, I am ashamed to say I was behind the curve. I was behind the curve with the Firefly as well. Oh my god! I know, I know. But I did watch the box. I did buy the box set and I watched them. Then I watched Serenity, so I did it in the right order. Good. Okay. So, okay. I didn't know otherwise. So I, <laughs> yeah. I was totally out of the loop. Yeah. But I did see Serenity in the theater. Yeah. So did I. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. I. I it's sad to see Joss Whedon getting raked over the coals for yet another good uh, TV series. And like I said, obviously, Disney has seen gold in this guy. He's They've given him the keys to the Mouse Kingdom mm -hmm. with the, the Avengers. Yep. I strongly believe he should bring it back as a TV show. That's where he had his gold. People uh, criticize Serenity. No. They can't do it now. After Serenity, they can't they can't bring the show back because it lost it lost it lost some heart. It lost some heart because it lost some of the key players, right? And that was strictly well, I didn't say who. Okay. Uh, that was strictly contractual obli obligations. Yeah. So I had this discussion today with uh, with someone, um, and it was because they brought up um, they heard about that. I never watched Veronica Mars. Oh, neither have uh, I. I never watched it, but. Fans of it got behind it. Um, the creators of the show mm -hmm. and Kristen Bell, the lead actress, they said 
all right, we're going to put up a Kickstarter. If we can raise $2.5 million, that's the budget we have in mind for a movie, we will do a movie to tie up the show. Okay. And the Kickstarter plan worked. They had the money, I think, within a month. So they are making a Veronica Mars movie. Really? Because the fans demanded it, and the creators said, fine, we can do it. Now, people have said, why don't? Why doesn't Joss Whedon try and do that for Firefly? He's too damn busy. <laughs> he's got well. he's got the Avengers, all the Avengers stuff. Plus, he's doing Agents of Shield, a TV show for them. Yes, you know, he doesn't have time to do another one. You're missing the key point. I don't care. <laughs> I want Firefly back on TV. Oh, wow, your your green shirt just turned into a brown coat. Whoa, that's right. <laughs> I need Firefly back on TV. I'm with you. I get it. But I'm also trying to be the realist here. Uh, The guy's too damn busy. (sighs) He should just clone him. Well, yeah, that would solve all our problems. Yeah, Sweden. If they cloned him, it would problem solved. Yep, yep. Cloning doesn't work. Sure it does. I've seen Star Wars. (laughs) 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 It worked for that sheep. I am concerned, though. One of the biggest flubs in Star Wars is in Episode 2. And a lot of people saw it, but no one really caught it. Jar Jar? Well, no, that's Episode 1. It shows the clones. Like He's overseeing all these clones. Obi-Wan's looking down at them, right? And they're eating. And there is nothing on the plates. I guess originally the camera wasn't supposed to catch that. They're training to eat. <laughs> so that's it. Yeah. This is what I would do if I really had to. Can you say that's one of the biggest flubs? Yeah. Don't All right. Go there. <laughs> you want to open that can of worms? <laughs> I'm talking visual goofs. Okay, okay a visual goof. That, see, that's better. That's better. Because <laughs> that's a big can of worms, dude. <laughs> Back to Serenity. (laughs) Back to Serenity. (laughs) Quickly. So, the 21st. 21st, we are going to be in Windsor. So, I guess it's now decided it will be a special. Yep. And uh, that also ties us in with our contest. What? uh, Contest? Ah, yes. Last episode, we put out another quote. Oh, yeah. And we had a total of one, count them, one contestant. (laughs) The same one who had the cursed movie. You got to go in the vault to pull the name again? Oh, wait, yes. (laughs) Let me just go in the vault. Yeah, that's not working. Was it not working? No. Okay. You kind of sounded like Bane, though. There's nothing here. <laughs> this vault is empty. All right. Such uh, a lovely singing voice. Yes. <laughs> we have one contestant, Miss Christina again. Has one. Yeah, but she hasn't even got her first prize. No, so we just throw them in a bag, and if we ever see her, we'll give them to her. Christina, she's sitting by the mailbox. I know something's coming. Eventually, mailman's going. Give it up, lady. No, no, they're sending it. They said they would. It's like uh, Ralphie and Christmas Story, waiting for that package from Little Orphan Annie. You know? Well. This one's even better because what Christina has won, if she can show up that night, she's got admission into the theater. Oh. Yes. So we're going to take yes, we're Christina each, on a date. We are. The three of us Uh-oh. are taking Christina on a date. <laughs> is she married? This might not sit well. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of getting glared at myself. So <laughs> I'm kind of expecting uh, restraining orders to be floating around after this. 
But yes, for winning this, for being the only contestant, we're going to get you into that, see that movie with us, and then get some uh, comments from you. I really hope she's a Firefly fan. <laughs> see, one of the comments is, don't trust these bastards to get you a present or your prize I didn't on even want to see this movie. <laughs> Don't even like Josh. <laughs> so, so Christina, how'd you like the movie? Can I get my two hours back? <laughs> All these idiots did was talk and eat popcorn over the damn movie. Well, yeah. What do you, what do you, it's, that's the charm of it. Oh, yeah. Charming. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, it's going to be fun. So t- stay tuned for that. <laughs> and I guess we're now up to our plug department. Yes, we are. Actually, yeah, it is plug. Yay, plug time! Yay! Yay! So we'll start like we usually do. JX three. Well, as we mentioned, I'm still in costume. So we came here. <laughs> no, I came here right from the set. We're still filming Wilderness Adventure. Yeah. And uh, I think we got a. Thank you. I was just going to get to that. Look at that. See, she doesn't need a, a mic. Better if you do the voice. The voice. Yes. What? I'm sorry. I can't hear you. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> okay. Yes. We're still filming a wilderness adventure. We got one more weekend coming up, and then we're back into filming for Heart's Journey. What? Yes. Oh, jeez. Yes. Hey, Tony. Oh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> <Yay>, Tony. Hey, <laughs> bartender. You don't yeah, even have a name. I keep hearing the bartender is just going to be amazing in this play. Like Oscar contention, Oscar contention for bartender category for your consideration. And the best actor as a bartender, the nominees are we. He's like Christina. There's only one. <laughs> but yes, uh, we're starting back into a heart's journey, and uh, the first day back on that is September 22nd. It's that jazz bus, and now we're looking for extras on that one. It's for uh, the jazz bar. Okay, can't hear you. Got headphones on. There will be food and refreshments provided, and a cash bar if you like to drink. Can't tell and she's maybe an actress. If you are lucky, Robert and Michael will buy you a drink. Whoa, 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 whoa! We've already spent the budget on the ticket for Christina here. <laughs> but yes, September twenty second. We do need extras for that. It's a surprise party for one of the characters. So uh, not anymore. No, well. Technically, the character doesn't know. Oh. Yes. I know. I technically play that character, but I don't know. So just to specify, that's September 22nd at the Jazzbot in Chatham. Yes. Which is uh, at the corner of King and Third. Right. And if you're interested in being an extra, what's the email address? Christina, which is spelled K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, J-X. Number three, media at gmail.com. I will post it in the Movie Madhouse for you. Oh. Hey. Get your own Facebook. You can post it in the Movie No, I can't do that. No, that's conflict of interest. Yes, Jason has to do it. We're both attached. Oh, wait, no, he's attached to it, too. We can't do it. Sorry you're out of luck, kid. Oh, well, next time. Teamsters Union, you got it. You know, can't can't piss off the Teamsters. (laughs) That's right. So, Okay. Um, JX3 is clicking along nicely. Yep. Speaking of movies. No, no. Ne- next topic. <laughs> this on. is the next topic. Move on. This, you, Move on. You, you are I the know, next topic. I know. I know. I know time is a crunch. I just, it's, it's difficult. It's not easy. Okay. It's not easy. 
What? It's Steel trap nothing wants to come out of. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so I'm sensing there hasn't been any progression. Not yet. No. <laughs> no, it's no. Okay. You know, your your phone right there has a, me- uh, I know. a recordable memo feature. I, I know. Mm-hmm. You can talk into it. I know. You don't even have to put pen to paper I anymore. know. Okay, I'm going to make this promise. I don't will worry. have something for next episode. I will have something. All right, folks. Okay, whether it's recorded it or written, I will have something done. This week, I will have something. How many pages? I don't know. I, I'm not putting numbers. Hey, no pen to paper. There's no page count. Exactly. Uh, I saved you something there, Jay. Thank you. <laughs> and you think you're helping? Uh, probably not. Peer pressure, peer pressure. I don't like it. <laughs> what is this C. Jill run, C. Jack run? That's not a script. <laughs> Now, you know, just so we can clear it up, too, I should throw out there the actual answer to our trivia question. Because Christina, like I said, was the only one who got it right. Yep. And the only person who even tried. The the question was, in what movies did the same actor same the, say the same quote twice? And the quote is, smoking cigarettes and watching Captain Kangaroo. The actor was Bruce Willis. And the movies were original Pulp Fiction. Driving in the car after killing John Travolta, he's singing it with the radio. Yep. And then he runs over Bing Rams. Yep. And then a year later in Die Hard with a Vengeance, he says it. Yep. As a uh, uh, a Willis uh, addendum, he has been officially added to the Expendables 3 cast. Yes. And Antonio Banderas as well. So Bruce Willis is back in Expendables 3? Yep. Because I, we mentioned that last week, how yeah. he was out and Harrison Ford was in. Yep. Because when he was out, Sylvester Stallone tweeted some not-so-friendly comments about him being greedy and lazy. Well, and that not being a good way to wind down your career and all that. So... Uh, there must have been a lot of ass kicking or kissing. Sorry, a lot of ass kissing. <laughs> it could have gone either uh, way. I, I, yep, I, well, yeah. I think it was Stallone. It was probably kicking. And, <laughs> yeah. or, and or just here, here's a buttload of cash. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, uh, you it, know, there's uh, that possibility. Uh, there's a uh, rumor going around that Willis is, uh, you know, a paycheck player. Mm. So I don't want to say who said that. Because we've gone the whole episode without a reference? That's true. <laughs> that's true. Okay, that's a .5. Okay. It's an implied reference. That's right. It doesn't count as a full reference. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've been listening long enough, you know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> if you don't, shoot us an email. I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. we got to wrap this up, boys. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. So, where can you find... The movie Madhouse. Well, it's on our Stitcher app. The well, Stitcher app. Not our Stitcher app, but the Stitcher the app. The Stitcher app. Yeah, you can also search for us on the iTunes. And if you do find us on iTunes uh, and you do like what you hear, can you please uh, write a review and leave us a five-star uh, rating? That way more people can find the awesomeness that is the movie Madhouse. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. Yeah. And if you would like to get a hold of us, how can you do that? The email, the movie Madhouse at gmail.com. And? Or post on Facebook. We have our own page there. The yep. Movie Madhouse Facebook group. Yep. So I think that's going to do it again for another week, boys. I think, I think we, it uh, is. we are 
Really? <laughs> so we were trying hard to uh, make Mike go an hour and a half on these half-hour shows. <laughs> That's the thing. It was originally a half-hour. Mike, let's do a half-hour. That's a great idea. Yeah. And now we're peaking it on like an hour ten. Yeah. That's that's where we're at right now. (laughs) So I think to uh, wrap it up for another week, this is Mike, Jason, and Rob. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. Oh, wait. And Christina. Oh, and Christina. Bye. (laughs) Okay, we'll talk to you next week. Go see Elysium. See ya. Like I was saying, (laughs) you clone the man, you get all your shows. Well, we were getting all the shows now. Show me Firefly. Show me Buffy. Show me Dollhouse. Okay. Uh, do you have Netflix? I'm at new. Oh, oh, oh. Well, you never specified. You just said show me. Okay. Point so, taken. So, now, I do remember Jason being all, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Orgasmic? Uh, uh, orgasmic about Elysium. Mm-hmm. And I said it was okay. Yeah. It was like, I don't know, I, I just wasn't quite sure where he was getting his... Uh, it's Matt Damon. Yeah. He's in love with Matt Damon. That could be it. Well, it is Matt Damon. It is. That's what I mean. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, well. It's definitely taking a turn. Okay, I, I, I take everything back. <laughs> I'm not, no, <laughs> Jason. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so go see Elysium. Uh, um, oh yeah, it's not theaters anymore. No, oh, yeah. you can go rent Elysium. Really? Yes. Oh, you can are if we, you want to. Are we pushing this movie? No. <laughs> okay. No, I'm not getting anything out of it. Let's go to number. Jason uh, got a lot out of it. No kidding. But I'm not. Probably watches at home alone oh. at night. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Okay. <laughs> Last show here is who's the boss? Number five, piss and moan. I'm loving the title. (laughs) (laughs) This week, Dave pisses and moans about doing two live shows and why he's closing MythWorks Corporation. Oh, all right. Two shows. I'm sorry. I see the man's picture all over the place. Yeah, (laughs) he's, uh, I think he... He lives he, behind him. He, he closed MythWorks and he was pissing and moaning about two live shows. And then he goes, I think I missed this too much. And he just keeps piling stuff on. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it finally got to the breaking point when he got us to do one of his shows he for him. must be desperate. Yeah, really. <laughs> no kidding. Hey, we haven't begged Dave to fire us lately. No, we haven't. Dave. Fire us. <laughs> Please, we'll get you a copy of Elysium. Yeah, <laughs> on Blu-ray. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Hit play. Alrighty. Welcome to Who's the Boss? This is David K. Montoya. As promised, here I am on this Thursday morning to sit down and finally have a talk with you. I know it's been quite a few weeks since we spoke last. Uh, a lot of stuff has been going on, and uh not really being able to find some time to sit down and, and start talking and, and just cover some things but today it's it's nice and quiet and I have a, a few minutes of free time so I decided that why not we'll sit down and we'll have a little chit chat and I'll go over what I've been up to it's uh it's been a busy few weeks um, as most of you know if you follow the Jaso Modcast uh, we've included two new shows which i'm happy so now we cover monday through saturday which is six days a week there's going to be a brand new show 
And of course, I'm still working on other new uh, developments as far as podcasting. I'm, I'm very happy with the way Jaisal Modcast is, is coming out. Um, you know, originally I just, you know, just wanted to sit down and talk with my friends and my family. And that was pretty much the drive. And it, it is still the drive uh, for me. You know, I'm not pushing it as a business. And, you know, if it picks up, it's good. If not, oh well. You know, I'm not really stressed about it. Even if we had one to zero listeners, um, you know, I, I would still continue the podcast just because I enjoy it. And, you know, I get to sit down and talk to people. But uh, now, you know, because uh, Terry D. Shear and I are, are doing Sheer Darkness now on Fridays, you know, so I get to talk more with Terry and and his alter ego um, Reaper Rick is on Wednesdays actually uh, the new episode just came out yesterday very good episode uh, he talks about the Westboro Baptist Church very very informative um, so that's coming out or no it's actually came out yesterday uh, this is recorded in live time normally we most of our shows are recorded you know, a week to two weeks in advance. But for Who's the Boss, um, it's actually live. So you'll hear this probably today, later in the evening. And it was recorded, you know, Thursday morning. So but anyway, so we've got those uh, uh, coming out. And we're doing well on the, you know, the, the downloads. And I think everybody that comes to the website and, and listens to our show... You know, uh, other than enjoying the conversation with each other, you know, we do want to entertain the people as well. And uh, we try to make it as amusing as possible, telling stories and, you know, bringing the listeners into our world and letting them experience what we experience. So that's been quite fun. Uh, We're going to continue to go and, and do this. Um, one thing that I wanted to talk to you about today was, uh, a few weeks ago, we, we, and I say that is Rebecca, Aaron, and I, uh, we do a new show called Seeing Red, and we went to the Debbie House restaurant, and, uh, you know, we did a live show. Actually, we did two live shows. One was from 11 to 12, we took a couple minute break, and then from like 12.30 to one thirty, we did another show and it's it was an experience you know because we're tagged as comedy show so we we are trying to bring in more humor um to this new show than what we did originally you know with sibling rivalry and so we, we went in and we did a recording and I was very surprised about how things came about uh, as far as the audience participation. Uh, you know, we had to run a microphone down into the audience, and, and there was a particular group that did some laughs. And if you listen to the the very first episode of Seeing Red, you'll you'll hear you know there was some double over. And when I say double over or being dubbed what we did is we, we recorded this section and by the time we got it back home we amplified it and we stuck it in there 
you know, because for the most part, the the crowd was really uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They they didn't seem too interested in what was being said um, or the the act or anything like that, and it was kind of upsetting. And I said this on when in Burbank. Um, you know that it was the first and last time we'll do this I just I didn't because there's other uh, podcast shows that are now going out on the road and and I just wanted to try my hand and see what it was like and obviously we're still too new um, to to do something like that as well as our content because our content is more a regular conversation you know uh, again we're trying to be entertaining but at the same time, we're still having a regular conversation, adding entertaining bits and pieces and being silly and whatnot. So, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just the way we do things that is not employable for, you know, going live shows. So, for the most part, I, I, it's pretty safe to say that we, we will most likely not be doing any more live shows. We did the Seeing Red Episode 1 and Episode 2. And then we recorded Episode 3 actually last Sunday. Um, and that was here at my house like we always do. You know, we always did the, the regular episodes uh, recorded here at my home in Apple Valley. And it, it just felt right. It felt more appropriate into the where things should be. Um, or not where, but the way things should be rather um, and so Rebecca and Aaron and I have agreed that we won't be doing no more live shows and you know we'll, we'll be doing the podcasts uh, recorded here in my home and, and I mean how do I explain it it was um, it was definitely a learning experience um, and that's pretty much the only real way that I can put it I'm trying to not take the harshness, you know, and I, I always thought I was somewhat of a, a humorous person, but obviously with the reaction of the crowd, I, I was completely incorrect on that. And um, it hurt my ego a little bit, but it's okay because, like I said, you know, now I know and I won't be going forward with any more live shows. So when you listen... Well, this week was the last week of the live shows. Um, episode 2 came out, which was a live show. And what we actually did is we edited, we tried to edit, rather, the majority of the background noise and the applauding and whatnot. We, we tried to edit all that out. And we put in our, our normal background music and, and tried to make it feel more like a podcast. You know, a normal podcast than... Uh, you know, a live show, just because we listened to the live show, and I was like, oh, you know, it just, it didn't have the same feel as a normal podcast, and that came out Monday, um, so the live shows, as being, as far as being aired, is already out, um, next Monday, episode three, like I said, that'll be here at home, and it, it'll get, it'll get back into what you know what we've done as far as like with sibling rivalry um, it's going to have more of that feel 
And we're, we're trying to adjust the way we do things all across the board. Um, you know, not only with Seeing Red, with Gwyneth Burbank, and this show, you know, because I talked about nerdism uh, last time I was on here. And, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to decide whether I really want to sit down and, and talk about comic books and movies and just being a nerd and a geek, you know, that, that type of thing. Um, what I really want to do. So, I haven't come to a conclusion on that, but it will definitely, you know, either way I'll let everybody know, you know, uh, where we stand and, you know, what, if we're going to continue the who's the boss or if we're going to be doing the nerdism. Um, there was also a concept of doing the fanboys with uh, a gentleman and I just decided against it. You know, it's, um, I'm not going to make or try to beg people to come and, and have a conversation with me. If, uh, if you're into it, then cool. If not, then that's, that's okay. I mean, it doesn't hurt my feelings at all. Um, just trying to expand my, my horizon as far as people I talk to. And, uh, you know, I, I just felt like with the, the fanboy situation, uh, I was asking more than what the, the other person was about, you know, getting together and, and doing the show. And, and I just decided against it. So we're not going to be doing the fanboys. Um, and maybe later down the road, maybe we can, we can do one, but I, I'm not going to push for it. Um, if he wants to get together and we can talk comic books, that's cool. If not, that's cool. That's just where I'm at in the world right now. You know, I, I'm not, like I said earlier, I'm not going to go and, and try to beg someone to have a conversation with me, you know, just, uh, just not me, you know? It, this isn't work. This isn't business. Um, I do try to make sure everybody has their podcasts out on time. But, you know, if if they're late, they're late. You know, these are free. And right now, you know, we're, what, eight weeks in. And still no one's purchased a, a premium download. You know, and I understand it's just, it's free. You can just skip past the... Uh, you know, the advertisements in the beginning and go straight to the show. I get that. I understand that. I do that myself with other shows. And, um, you know, so if, if it's a product that's for free, you know, I'm not too inclined to put too much strict regulations on it. Um, you know, because for example, I've missed quite a few episodes. I think this is episode five. So essentially I've missed three weeks of recording and I know, um, like Larry Walton has missed at least one week. Um, interesting enough, the Sadie Burbank and I went in Burbank. We actually, that show, we haven't missed any. Um, and that's because we, we enjoy the conversation. You know, we look forward to sitting down once a week and, and just shooting the shit and, and, you know, talking about whatever, we talk about so out of all the shows that i do i think that's the only one that's not missed a recording session um you know the sheer darkness and the news views and reviews are, are still fairly new you know they just came out with 
their second episode. Tomorrow will be uh, episode three of Sheer Darkness. If if I can sit down and, and talk to Terry tonight, then episode three will come out tomorrow. Um, if not, then it'll come out when it comes out. And that's kind of like I said, that's where I'm at right now. You know, it's just, uh, I'm not, I take it seriously. I do. Um, it's anything I do, I try to take seriously. But it's not that corporate responsibility like I did when I was a CEO with MythWorks. Um, and I, I hope that that kind of translates into our shows too, because we go and we have fun and we talk and essentially we just put out a free product just because we talk, you know, um, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's something new that I do and I, I love it and I enjoy it. Um, and I hope it translate into the recording because I do spend a lot of time listening to it and doing editing and, you know, putting background music. Essentially I'm the producer of the show of each show actually. And, um, you know, to, to make it more entertaining to listen to. So there you have it with that. Uh, I, I'm not going to be doing any more live shows and we're not really on a big strict deadline with the releasing of our shows. You know, if we can keep, you know, coming out every week, that's the game plan. Um, but if not, I'm not going to bust nobody's balls about it because essentially it's a free product and we, <laughs> we sit down and we talk and that's pretty much it. And, um, you know, that's just the way things are going to go until things change. And another thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about was the press release that just got issued. I had been talking about it on previous shows, uh, but we finally put out the press release this week. Um, it was not an easy thing to do. Uh, obviously, I'm the CEO. Currently still the CEO because we're still in operations of Mistworks Corporation. And we've concluded that we're just, we're just going to shut things down for a while. Um, and I, I want to kind of give a, a background story, the whole story of what has gone on because the press release was a little vague and you know you can only put so much in the press release so that's one thing I really wanted to talk about today is exactly why we're closing shop and I think it, it, it started net last year uh, it all comes back to Dark Myth Production Studios um, it actually almost closed then uh, a lot of people didn't know that I was struggling with it, you, you know, what had happened. Um, essentially what came down there was we had used the name Dark Myth Production Studios. Now, I had been using Dark Myth Productions since the 1990s, and the name of the company had changed, you know, over the course of like 10 years or so um, just because of what we had done. You know, originally it was Dark Myth Productions, and then it went to, like, Dark Myth Comic Productions, and then Dark Myth Comic Online Productions, or some shit like that. And when I merged everything in 2004, I believe it was, um, 
because I, I had all these different companies that I was overseeing and I felt it would just be easier to, to merge everything into one big company. And the the big company that I merged was Dark Myth Production Studios, and that was uh, consisting of my Montoya Entertainment Incorporated books, um, Dark Myth Comic Productions, and the, the Danix Online Entertainment. You know, and I merged all those to make Dark Myth Production Studios. And through that, we, we renamed and rebranded everything, you know, to Dark Myth. You know, we had Dark Myth Publications, Dark Myth Comics, Dark Myth Pictures. Uh, you know, and it, it just became an entity of its own. And we'd done that for almost 10 years. And Dark Myth... The words Dark Myth has, has been a bit, big part of my life for for almost 20 years. Um, you know, I, I read the book, Seduction of the Innocent, um, and essentially it was written back in the 50s and talked about, you know, what corrupted the children back then. And one of the, the phrasing that was used, it was called, you know, talking about comic books, warping kids' minds, it was called the Dark Myth of the Devil. And I, it really, it really attracted me. And I was still in high school at the time. And I decided that I was going to change Life Science Studios, which was the original comic studios, to Dark Myth. Was it Dark Myth Productions? Was the original. And so that was, I want to say 95 is one, 94, 95 is when we went Dark Myth Productions, I believe. And throughout you know time for almost 20 years we had been dark myth and come 2012 you know we got a system cease and desist order is what it was and it was through this company that was a mega company it's huge it's a multi-million dollar company and they said that they owned the the brand right to the name dark myth and that we had to cease and desist and change our name of the company and, you know, stop using the, the words dark myth. And at that point, I was like, is that it? You know, am I done? Because dark myth had been such a big part of my life, like I said just a moment ago. I really had a hard time with the idea of, of changing the name after almost 20 years. And I, I literally thought about closing down the company back then. But I decided to keep it going. And of course now, obviously, you know, because it's MythWorks, we changed the name to MythWorks Corporation. And we started moving forward. And after moving forward... It just didn't feel the same. I know it sounds very weird because it's just a name change. You know, all the players were there. And, you know, everything was normal. But it just felt weird. And I don't know if it was then where I started losing my interest in, in publications. Um, you know, I don't think it was so much... I've lost my interest in publications. It was my lost my interest in being a manager of sorts, you know, being the CEO, 
trying to to make sure everybody has their stuff in on time and you know I, I just I got tired of kind of running shop on everybody making sure that everybody met their deadlines and, and for me I just I didn't feel like I was getting anything out of it um, anymore you know it was just something that I did because I could do it and that was pretty much it you know the the love and the passion just wasn't there and it was around the time I started Jaselmon in October of 2012 I kind of already knew where I was going um, because I knew that Terry Shearer was going to be retiring from publications you know from the world of publications I knew that Sarah Basor uh, was going to leave the company you know um, and I, I just I didn't want to invest any more of my time in finding replacements for these people um, you know because I, I looked around I talked to people and I knew that I was going to be leaving you know because of, of Jaselmon and I knew I was going back to school you know, back to college, and I knew that I had to dedicate my my time, a hundred percent of my time, my free time, to my curriculum. And after I had asked around, talked to different people, interviewed people for the CEO position, and it just fell through. Um, and I had a conversation with uh, Sadie Burbank, and I think it was actually recorded on Win of Burbank, one of the episodes, you know, and she made a good point that I would never find somebody who could run the company the way I do. Um, not in so much of the ability to run the company. There's plenty of people out there that have the ability to run the company. It's just the passion, you know, because I created this company and no one will have that passion for the creation other than the creator and it was about November when I finally made the decision that I was going to close it down I had talked to Terry and Terry was like okay I'm going to do one more uh, one more issue of Herotica and we were waiting for the world of myth. I, I'm still not 100% sure what happened to the stuff of the world of myth. But at this point, uh, we just said, forget, you know, the new episode or the new issue. I'm so used to the recording lingo now. I'm using episode instead of issue. But it was uh, an issue of the world of myth. And I don't know what happened with it, but I just, I just let it go. And contractually... I have two books left. I have a book that is made by one of the company, or yes, I said that correctly. It's made by the company that we own, GISG. It's a Christian anthology. And I'm contractually obligated to get this book published. And then I have one more book that I'm going to come out after that The Evolution of Mythworks. And then after that, folks, that's it. That's that's over. I'm done with publishing. Uh, I, I've told 
Alan Russo, I've told everybody publicly, privately, you know, once the evolution of MythWorks comes out, that's it. I'm not publishing anybody else. I know that's a very harsh thing to say, um, but that's just the way I feel, folks. You know, it's, I did it for, what, 10 years. You know, I stopped publishing myself and I started focusing on everybody else. And I, I got so consumed with publishing other people. I, I forgot about my own wants, you know. And when people started saying, forgetting that I was a writer, that really bothered me. I, I tried to laugh it off and play it off. But in reality, it really bothered me. You know, people thought I was just a businessman. And that's all I was. And that's not true. You know, it was something that I did. I never really considered myself a businessman. Uh, because my main forte is writing. I mean, if the end of the world were come and, and we lose everything, the computers and internet, and we live out in the desert or whatever, I would be out there with a pen and paper still writing stories. And that is because I'm a writer. So I did that for 10 years. You know, I, I, I got so consumed into promoting other people's works that I, I completely abandoned my own. And at the end of the day, 10 years later, I look at myself and I'm like, what did I get out of it? You know, what did I personally get out of it? And to be truthful with you, I don't think I got anything out of it. Um, other than initially when I first started, you know, it was the the pleasure of promoting other people's work. And, you know, it was... I don't know. I, I, it's kind of hard to explain. It, it was just pride, I guess, you know, that I, I was able to expand my world into other people's worlds and, and help them along but you know when you do that for 10 years with seemingly no appreciation you know that shit gets old and you know when we had that one Herodica book not, not the Herodica anthology there was a book before that and the the author was pissed off because she wasn't you know rich and famous on the release of their book and she had a, a big qualm against, you know, the, the channels that we use to distribute the book. And coming out of the gate, I'm, I'm fairly certain, you know, and I, I try to do this with everybody is, you know, we're a micro publisher. You know, we don't publish that many books. You know, a print run is 250 copies. And that should actually be an indicator right there, you know. If, if you're wanting to be rich and famous, don't be printing with us. You know, go get your ass an agent and, you know, go try to be the next Dan Brown or whatever. Um, but for us, you know, we're just a small company. We were a micro-publisher. Micro and, you know, it, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It was like, really? You, you really think that, you know, you're going to be rich and famous and, and all that, you know, other stuff? And, there was no 
appreciation for the fact that number one, I put up my money to publish this person's book. And two, there was no appreciation of having the book made. You know, Terry and I spent hours and hours preparing, you know, preparing each book. It's, you know, it's not just a boom, 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 done kind of thing. There is steps that we have to do. And, you know, depending on how many hours we're willing to put into each project per day depends on how fast we finish the project. And yes, I understand because I've written books. I understand I've written stories. I know that there's time put into, you know, writing a book. But in reality, if it's a good book, you know, you, you'll actually put in a lot more time doing the editing and the formatting and, you know, business preparation. And when that kind of came along and she was ungrateful and wanted to pull her contract and go somewhere else, it, it, that kind of rubbed me too. And that was actually before the, the thing with, uh, you know, having to change the name. And then we put out another book and something similar to that again happened. It was uh, an author that we published. And instead of saying thank you for publishing my book, the author complained about the hue of the cover. And I'm like, are you serious? You know, I just spent all this money to publish you. You've never been published before. I'm taking a chance with you. And all you want to do is sit and complain about the cover of the fucking book. You know, and, and that's... That, I think, was even the start of it. You know, because people were just not appreciative. And everything combined just was a turnoff to me. You know, why am I going to go spend my money invest my time invest my employees time on a project that you're not even grateful for and that's where it, that's the big head folks that's the big head it was people were just not grateful and I guess it's it's because of what's out there now you know because a lot of people can self-publish and God bless you if you're a self-publisher. You know, that means that you have to do all that shit yourself. And if you do it, then you appreciate it. You know, and if you do it, then hope you, you do it right. Because there's a right way and a wrong way. There's a professional way and an unprofessional way. And guess what, folks? In reality, that's why independent publishers and independent printing and books and sales are so shitty is because Joe Schmo can go write a half-assed novel and do a shitty job editing because they don't know how to edit and they they do a half-assed job writing they don't know how to publish so they just make it into a PDF form and send it up to a print-on-demand and they print a book that looks like shit and that's reality. And that's why 
independent publishing has such a bad rap is because these people just produce crap and send it out to the world and say, well, it's independent. But for us, we would go through, painstakingly go through, and make each book as professional as possible, as if it looked like it was produced by a big-name publishing house. And there was just no gratitude. And I know I probably sound like I'm pissing and moaning. And you know what? I probably am pissing and moaning because this has been sitting on my chest for a while and I need to get it off. And, you know, that... If you were in my shoes, would you would you tolerate that? Would you do that every single day? Would you have to deal with that? You know, and other than that, then you get into the whole, you know, people... Where's my money? Where's my money? You know, it, it's it's not that easy just to... Now, if you publish it yourself, then you get all the money. You take it and you put it in your wallet and you stick it straight up your ass as far as I'm concerned. But for me, I have things that I have to pay. It's not that easy. You know, if you want a real book, then you're going to have to pay to have it produced. And it's more than just to publish the book, to print the book. You know, there's other things that you have to do. You know, you have to shell out money just to get it into bookstores. And then when you get it into the bookstores, did you realize that whatever your market price is, the bookstore buys the book at 60% off? And guess what happens? That cuts down on your profit. And there isn't that big of a profit. And that's something that I, I'm so sick of. I really am. And that's the thing I, that broke the camel's back is hearing these people, well, where's my profit? And I'm trying to tell them, well, there is no profit. Not yet. And they're like, well, you sold X amount of books. Where's my money off of that? And I try to explain to them, look in the contracts. Look at what you sign. Do you not read it before you sign it? You know, for me... I want my money back. I'm a self-investor. So what happens is, is we sell the books at 60% off cover price. And that means maybe I get, what, a dollar, dollar fifty per book. And off that dollar fifty, you know, it goes into how much I've spent to make the book. So it's going to take a while to hit profit. And anybody that has been in business understands this. But for people that don't know business, they have no clue. They have no concept. All they know is they printed a book and they want their millions and millions of dollars. And that's just not reality. It's not the way it works. And, you know, it, it's... Looking at everything... You, you kind of realize that's why I've stepped away. You know, what's the purpose? Why is, why am I dealing with all this when I have the ability to produce my own stuff? And, and quite frankly, that's what it all started with me wanting to produce my own material for everybody to enjoy, not me producing everybody else's material and me being shit into the stick dealing with the headache of business. And, and that's why I'm walking away. And I know people out there listening to this and it's like, good for you and walk away. You know, stop bitching. Be a man. But 
you know, 10 years is a long time, brother. 10 years I've invested. 10 years I've had to make my, my family wait for, you know, whatever I'm working on to, to get my attention. Because I put the stuff that I worked on above pretty much anything else. And, you know, they paid a price as well. Now, it's it's over. You know, once I publish these two books, it's over. And, and really, don't expect me to come back as a publisher. Because it, it's not going to happen. Not for anybody else. I will publish my own stuff. You know, in fact, you know, I, I have uh, The End, which is a weekly short story. It's a serial. And it gets published here on the Jaiselmon. It's it's published on the Jaiselmon publication side of things. That's so much nicer. It is. You know, because I write the story, you know, and I have people that record the story. I put it together in ebook format. And I put it up and that's it. It's over. And you know what? There has been downloads because it's free PDF or Kindle download. You know, I've gotten free downloads. No one's purchased an audiobook. And, you know, I'm okay with that. I understand. You know, there's people out there that are just a tightwad. You know, they don't want to spend 99 cents on an independent story. And I, I can live with that. I really can. You know, as long as I don't have to hear, where's my money? You know, that's fine. That, that makes it all worth it. You know, I, I don't have to worry about meeting a deadline if I want to miss a couple days and put it out, say, because it comes out, it's, it's set to come out on Sundays. But, you know, if I miss a deadline and put it out on Monday or Tuesday, you know, I don't, I don't have to worry about any ramifications. Because if people out there are truly into what I'm doing, they don't care. They'll just be happy when it comes out. And that makes life so much easier for me. And I do apologize for sounding bitter. You know, I, I do. Because I, I've always been a mild-mannered, mild-tempered person. But it's this has been building for so long. And no one really understands. Unless you've been there. Unless you invest your own money. You invest your own time. And there's nothing in return. Except... People going, I want more. I want more. I want more from you. What are you going to do more for me? And in return, you're you're like, well, what are you going to do for me? And they're not, nothing. We're not going to do a damn thing. We wrote the book. That's it. It's over. And that's it, folks. That's the conclusion. I'm going to make my podcasts. I'm going to make my, my stories. I'm going to publish my stories. And that's that's it. Don't expect anything else from me. You know, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to finish my degree. And, you know, if at time when I finish the story, um, in the process, I'll put it up on Jaisal Mount Publication. Um, but don't expect me to be super, super productive. And don't expect me to publish someone else's stuff. You know, I, uh, you know, I was hired as a, a book publisher, or not book publisher, but a book producer. You know, a few months back, and 
And quite frankly, even that, that was an interesting job because I didn't have to deal so much with the business aspect of things. All I had to do was, you know, publish the book essentially, you know, uh, the people were already brought together. The stories were other uh, edited. I, I just came in, I formatted the books, you know, and I, I prepared it and got it ready for print. And, and that's pretty much it. And that wasn't too bad. But at the end of the day, I, I'm not even into that, you know. And I know this sounds really selfish. Is that it's not my stuff. And my stuff needs to have the attention that it deserves not somebody else's stuff you know if if you want go to zombie what is it zombie works you know they're they're pretty much the closest thing that i know of that is similar to MythWorks. you know go to zombie works see what you can get with them you know they they're still producing um but i i've already told russo that I'm, I'm not going to be a producer because he asked me if I was going to be a producer for his New Blood Films book and I told him straight out, no, you know, I'm not doing that shit no more. Um, you're going to have to find somebody else or you could do it yourself. I'd be more than happy to show you how to do it. Um, and in fact, I think that'd probably be the best thing for him is if I show him how to do it and then he can do it himself. That way he doesn't have to spend money on hiring someone to do it for him. You know, there's other people out there it's we made our our reputation with micro publishing is because like i said a moment ago you know we took steps painstakingly long time consuming steps to produce material that looked like it was made by you know double day or penguin or you know whatever other big name companies out there that's what we made our our name with you know and though i don't know if there's anybody else out there that has that same type of quality i'm sure there is i'm sure there is um you know we're though we're gone you know there's other people out there you know on my on my facebook feed you know there's out of like a hundred and something people that have on my friends list I'd say at least 90% of them are writers, you know, go talk to them. I'm sure they know where to publish. You know, they, they didn't publish with me. They just, uh, you know, neither they publish themselves or they, they know a better company, you know, check them out, see what they can offer you as far as publishing, because I, I'm not publishing no more. And that's, that's it. And I'm done renting. <laughs> It's it's just something that I, I needed to get off my chest. I had to make public. Um, you know, for the most part of the 20 years, it, it's it's been fun. And even when I got into publishing other people's stuff, in the beginning it was fun. Because in the beginning it was, I, I felt people were more appreciative uh, of, of what I've done for them. And I don't think it was so much for the money... It was so much for seeing their name in print for the very first time. And, you know, we, we've gone through painstaking steps to get where we're at now. You know, I, and I, I've said this before. I, I know, you know, back in 2008, we were booming. 
you know, we had 40-something employees. All the productions was going active. You know, we have a, a fairly large bank account for our material that we were producing. And, you know, things change. And I, I think I tried to keep it going, you know, four years after the, the dropout. And I think that's admirable. You know, it's, um, it's something that I wanted to keep alive because I created and I think at that point that's what happened is I I didn't want it to die essentially and that was my main motivation was to keep it alive and it was I think that might have been the, the decline of things is because I didn't want it to die um, and the less involved I became with the employees, it seemed like the less I had a love for what I was doing. And essentially, in the end, it became that I was pretty much hardly in contact with anybody other than the editors. And it, it was, uh, that love wasn't there. But in the beginning, it was. You know, and I will always hold a special place in my heart for this company. It was something that I had done for 20 years. And, you know, it, it might come back. You know, I can never say. You know, if someone comes to me, you know, in time and, and say, I can run the company, you know, maybe, you know, my son will come to me and tell me, you know what, I want to run the company. Let me have the company. I'd hand it off to him in a heartbeat. You know, but I, for as far as me running the company, that day has concluded. And, you know, that's, I'm okay with that. It's, uh, it's a new year. It's a new future ahead. And I'm looking forward to it. And I don't know what the future holds. Hopefully it, it holds something great and grand for me. And hopefully... Everybody that had ever worked with MythWorks, you know, they can find something new and they can find their happiness and they can go and, and do the stuff that they want to make. Uh, and I do. I wish everybody the best. So as we come to a conclusion of this segment, a um, couple things I want to plug is you go to jazelmon.com slash the end and you can read my stuff. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm doing a weekly serial. Um, you can download it on PDF or for Kindle, absolutely free. If you want to listen to the story, um, it's read by Jesse Lindsay. Pay 99 cents for that. Cheap. Um, you know, you, you can't even buy a cup of coffee for 99 cents nowadays. So check it out. I mean, if you don't like it, you lost a buck. You know, you don't have to go buy it again. Um, so that's again jayzomon.com that's j-a-y-z-o-m-o-n dot com slash the end it's all together and then of course um, you know check out other podcasts that are coming out this week um, of course today is, is my who's the boss tomorrow which is Friday will be sure darkness and then Saturday is uh, Saturday segments with Larry Walton um, he's always entertaining. I, I like his input and what he does as far as 
uh, what he reviews. And, you know, again, all this stuff is free. All you have to do is just have a good, fast download speed, and, and you can go and download it absolutely free. You can listen to it on your computer. You can listen to it on your phone, your iPod. Uh, you know, variable ways to, to enjoy our shows. Sunday, like I said, the end. And then we start it all up again on Monday with Seeing Red um, with Rebecca, Aaron, and I. And uh, I'm not sure what... Oh, I think next issue or next segment, rather, um, we get into talking about old school wrestling versus new school wrestling. We get very nerdy and geeky on the subject. That was kind of a fun subject to cover. And then... Um, whoa. Tuesday is Win in Burbank. Wednesday is News, Views, and Reviews with Reaper Rick. And then Thursdays, I'm going to try to come back next week. And I'm going to try to give you another uh, episode of Who's the Boss. I'm going to try to be more diligent in, in producing episodes of Who's the Boss in the coming future. And then Friday is Sheer Darkness. And then we do it all over again. We do it six days a week. Uh... You know, if you, if you count the end for Sundays, we do it seven days a week. We give you something every day of the week for free. So, you know, stop on by and see what we have for you. And I appreciate you sitting there. If you've listened to this entire thing, I, I really appreciate you allowing me to sit down and just ramble for the last hour. Uh, uh, there was a lot of stuff that I had to get off my chest verbally, and I do appreciate it. Uh, but that concludes this episode of Who's the Boss? My name is David K. Montoya, and come back next time as we continue to search for answers to the age-old question of who's the boss. Have a great day, folks. And he's still complaining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> I think I'll start a Facebook conversation with him, see how much he's still complaining now. Wow. See, like I said, he's, he, he's a victim of his own success. Exactly. He's created such good stuff. In a podcast network, second to none. Mm-hmm. Now he's he's got to he's got to bite the bullet because people want to hear it. Yeah, sorry, Dave. You suck it up, princess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's your own fault. Yep. Stop being so damn yeah. good. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Start Put out crappy stuff like us, and no one will listen. Yeah, exactly. It's a mediocrity. Lowered expectations. Mediocrity. It's way to go. It's awesome. It's comfortable yeah, here. Try it down below. We're friendly down here. <laughs> Actually, we're above them. Though. We're in Canada. Oh, that's right. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Damn. that's been another episode of Flashback Fridays. I am Rob. I am Mike. And we will see you next weekend. See ya. Bye.